All right, welcome in. It's a Wednesday edition of Sports Talk. I'm Adrian Bradis, along with Angel Munoz and UTEP Zay. We've got three hours ahead of us here on a busy day of Sports Talk. Uh, I'll set the show up. Uh, it's going to be a busy one. A uh, you know we're wishing a happy Yom Kippur for Steve Kaplowitz. I'm filling in for him today, uh, and we've got a real packed show today. First off, uh, we'll get to our guest who's live in our Lubingo studio in just a bit. Next hour, we're going to have our uh, weekly Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch with Bernie Olivas from the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, uh, and we're going to be previewing this upcoming week for college football. We're going to be giving away some uh, some you know Sun Bowl tickets as well with some trivia that we're going to be adding into it. And uh, my favorite segment of the week, no doubt about it, it's our weekly picks with Bernie Olivas talking college football along with the celebrity guests. So that's coming up in our 5 o'clock hour. 6 o'clock is loaded. I can't wait for this. Coach Ben Wallace of UTEP uh, Volleyball. This is going to be a big one because the volleyball squad is hosting the number 22 team in the country in Rice. And uh, UTEP Volleyball, what a start to the season so far. 4-0 in conference play. Uh, they are 10-7 and overall. We're going to visit with UTEP's head coach, Ben Wallace, in our 6 o'clock hour to go over the and preview the upcoming game between the Miners and the Rice Owls. So then uh, coming up afterward, it's Jonathan Dozanjos and Shamar Givens. That's right, two of the members of the UTEP men's basketball team. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. This is the second week of UTEP men's basketball practice. They're getting ready for their big season coming up next month, and we'll be uh, getting a chance to uh, you know, deliver a, a nice segment with both the two uh, focal points, I should say, of, w- of what could be for this UTEP men's basketball squad this year. Shamar Givens, the five foot ten point guard from Evansville, and then Jonathan Dosanjos uh, from Brazil. He actually is coming here from Florida Southwestern College, and uh, we'll We'll have both of those guys in our Lube and Go studios. But before we do that, let's welcome on one of our favorites here onto the program. He's A.J. Hodgkins, one of our favorites. Uh, and uh, he's, he's joining us here live in our Lube and Go studios, getting ready for a local boxing exhibition, the Game Over Boxing ex- Exhibition, presented by MSFT Productions. Uh, this is taking place out at Rubik's East. Gates open at 5 o'clock, first bell at 6. Uh, A.J. Hodgkins live in studio. He's going to be boxing this weekend and he's going up against Quintel McRoy and uh, AJ we welcome you back onto the show former UTEP linebacker we know you very well as uh, as you know one of our favorites what's going on my man man I appreciate the platform as always I feel like I was in here maybe a couple weeks ago yeah or maybe a month ago now it's been a month but yeah so now we're boxing and uh, that'll be this Saturday at Rubik's East um, it'll be their grand opening, and then also, um, I believe they have a car show, so it should be a should be a fun night. And then uh, I believe on the main event, so doors open at six. Um, come through and, and watch me box. Well, we're, we're going to get into your whole fight, you, you know, everything that you've done in your fighting career here throughout this hour. And it's going to be a lot of fun because I uh, want to talk tickets, want to talk, of course, the event itself, want to talk about the preparation ahead of this one, what it meant to kind of, you know, you, you do everything. You, you're jiu-jitsu, mixed martial arts, now you're getting into a little bit of boxing. You do everything in terms of fighting. So we want to get into all of that, of course. Uh, but I'm just happy you're back with us. I mean, you were here with us in July, kind of previewing the UTEP football season. Uh, 
you look from afar, you you root from afar for this football team. Yeah. Uh, they are now on the season right now, three and three. They've evened things up uh, after a little bit of a slide early season, but uh, back on the right track for this UTEP football team. What has it been like watching this team from afar? Um, they look good. I mean, I was at the Boise State game, um, and kind of like we talked about before, it's just like their their level of talent has gone up in the last like four to five years. Like when looking back at when I played played at UTEP, um, much less talented than now, you know. So I think they look really good, especially defensively. There's still some stuff on the offensive end, but um, I think they look really good. You know what I mean? Really good. Yeah. They got a ton of guys making plays out there, and it it's exciting. You know what I mean? It's exciting for like not only the players, but just like El Paso. I feel like people are really getting behind the team, and it's cool that the guys get to experience that. You know what I mean? Especially the older guys. You know, it's kind of interesting you say that El Paso is getting behind the team because the first game it sells out it's all right. hype it's all hype with north texas and they and they lay an egg like they were terrible in that game and even right. against new mexico state they win that game but it's not that impressive it, they kind of struggled at points and then they dropped two two that they really shouldn't have you can include north texas in that and then it's also in new mexico where they had seven turnovers and a lot of people already wrote this team off for the year i mean no one really showed up for that boise game like you right. you experience uh, but they reel off back to back wins uh, most recently against charlotte first time winning in the east time zone if you're a football player how much does that fan support mean because you know like the the team it seems like now they're starting to get the fans back now they're starting to uh see see how the fans are really responding after maybe the fan base was out yeah. on the team before no um i mean it means a, it means a ton like it you know it's hard to play in empty stadiums you know when you have like that energy level like all the fans there the camaraderie like people come into the games people excited about the team like you know like that 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 really plays into like like your motivation as a player like you know i, I mean it's, it's kind of it's funny to say like as a coach you would say don't don't worry about any outside elements but at the same time it's like dude like it's much easier to get up go and play in front of you know 40,000 people in a packed uh, Sun Bowl stadium than it is when it's like, uh, you know, there's some empty seats and, like, people aren't there and you guys have dropped two games. But, I mean, if you're listening to this, I'd encourage you to just keep showing up and, and being there for them. And I think they deserve it. You know what I mean? And they're fighting hard and they, they went to a bowl game last year. This is the best UTEP's been probably in the last, what, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, last like 15 years. Yeah, I maybe, would, I would you know agree what I mean? That. I would agree um, with that. So, like, I think it's it's major for fans to show up and support. Um, and, and it's a, it's a real motivating factor for players to like get up and go go play hard in front of you know forty five thousand. And it, it's a it's a it's a crazy experience, really. You know what I mean? And that's what like they'll take with them in the next ten years. You know, when you're sitting and you're you're old like me, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. You're, you'll be like, dude, we we packed the Sun Bowl and like we were a part of this, and uh, like the fans play a major role in that. You know what I mean? All right, perfect segue now to your your upcoming fight here this Saturday at Rubik's East. How much is it? How much does it mean to you when you have people watch you fight? Now, that, what's the difference there? Because you, I mean, Dude, for football, it's like, all right, we're hyped lit. that everybody's there. But boxing, how does that work when somebody's Man, when people are there to see you? It's, it's the same thing. Like you know, you wanna you wanna pack the you you wanna you wanna you wanna pack it out. And I, it's funny you you mentioned that because I just put in the tenth point at group chat. I was like, the more we call our, ourselves ninjas. So I was like, the more ninjas that show up, like the the more uh, likely I am to win, because like I, I like I want to feel like 
family support, like people that really support me that that are there. And it's like it's awesome to get like the crowd behind you and like it's momentum and it's energy. You know what I mean? So um, with that being said, make sure you guys show up to my my event as well on Saturday because um, I appreciate all the support. You know what I mean? So so like okay, if you're going to one of these venues, like how how different is it? Because you're one on one end, you're in a stadium uh, when you see twenty thousand plus, and then on this end, you're in the local fighting scene where you're you're uh, you know fighting in front of a house of a couple hundred, and th- there are people who are there for that other fighter. There's yeah, groups yeah. of people who are there to root against you at times as well like what's that like dude i love it um i think it's like you know like when when you say like the number of people right so like i played in front of a hundred thousand people like in front at nebraska when i was at oregon right so like that's like the same feeling as when there's like 400 people in like a small packed like gym you know what i mean and it's just like energy it's like he has his like family his corner his like his like team there and i have my family my corner my team and um i think it's just like electric you know what i mean regardless of how many people that are there as long as you could raise the energy level and everywhere i go i raise the energy level i get people excited whether they're there to see me um lose win whatever like i want to raise the energy and i want to get the the crowd into it and that's like one of my one of my main because i feed off of it you know what i mean well tell me if i'm wrong but um if football you could kind of hide yourself like if it's a big game or if it's like you could kind of hide like if it, you're on special teams you're on maybe defense offense you can kind of hide right but in in boxing in, in combat sports there's no fighting it's you versus the other opponent yeah 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 no um that's what makes it so much more interesting is that there is no slow start there is no like oh, well, you know, like I can take a break and pat myself on the head and, you know, the second string linebacker comes in. So it's really just you and you out there. You know what I mean? It's a battle between you and yourself. And I love it because um, I challenge myself to let the fear and the anxiety of like the competition like raise me up a level. You know what I mean? Because um, that's what it's there to, there to do. You know, you can either let it overcome you or you can raise up a level. And there's guys like, uh, you know, like Troy Dye is a guy I played with at Oregon where it's like, dude, like every time it was a big game, for some reason he would just like make things happen. And it's like Willie Taggart, who I also played for at Oregon, he would always say like that. Wow, the, you played for Willie Taggart? Yeah, That's yeah. really cool. I didn't know you didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Conference USA's uh, FAU head coach. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think about that. But one of the things he would always say is that the lights like bring something out of people. Now, it could either be like you, you bring greatness out or it could like you could fold under the pressure of like the big, big Ooh. stadium, the big lights. And I think. Um, now I'm starting to really hit the curve where I'm like, it's starting to bring something out of me. You know what I mean? And I love it. So um, it's even more so in combat sports, like you mentioned, because there's nowhere to hide. You know, in football, if you're the quarterback, you can't really hide either. But if you're a linebacker, you know, you might just not make any plays for the first quarter. You might go out there and nobody really knows, you know. But the spotlight is on you when when you're in there with, with another man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's whether it's boxing, wrestling, MMA, whatever it is, you know what I mean so I, I love it so I, I think there's like this perception if you're like a, a former football player or whatever kind of player you know whatever sport and you jump into combat sports or you jump into boxing mixed martial arts jujitsu you jump into these sports there's this like misconception oh they're going to be good just because they played that other sport but talk about how much of a, a challenge it was for you to kind of learn the technique understand what it means to train and do something completely different than football yeah. uh, in what you're doing right now 
Um, I think it's, you know, I think that's lazy. I think of people to say is like, oh, well, he was good at that. So, of course, he's going to be good at this. It's like at the end of the day, when you start off in any form of martial arts, like you start off as a beginner. So there was times where like I'd be doing something and I look ridiculous. You know what I mean? So you have to fight to overcome that. You just continue to show up and train hard and and you continue to be a sponge. And like you have to like block out. Like, what do I what do I look like to other people? What do I look like? And it's like, dude, just show up, train hard, be consistent. And if you could get good at one thing, and this is why I love martial arts and this is why I preach it to everyone that I talk to, is because if you could get good at one thing, if you could develop a skill set in one thing, then you could develop a skill set in anything. And I believe I've done that in martial arts is where I'm really starting to hit a corner where I'm starting to really get better. And I, I've been doing this, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, like my football uh, experience does help me. Yes, absolutely, but it's more of a mindset thing where it's like 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 your mindset has to be I'm going to show up every day, I'm going to maximize my time, I'm going to get better every time I show up and train. I didn't have that mindset when I was a football player. I'd waste practices, I'd waste film sessions because my mind was elsewhere, but now my mind is focused and it's locked in. You know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest thing whenever you're trying to get uh, separate yourself from the pack in anything. So I've just done that in martial arts through hard work and focus. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Hey, I want to I want to talk more about this upcoming fight this Saturday against the Game Over local boxing exhibition out at Rubik's East. That's uh, 9910 Montana to go watch AJ Hodgkins uh, battle it out in the ring against Quintel McRoy. Uh, and that's again coming up this Saturday. Uh, first bell is at six, gates open at five, and we'll give more information for this event as we continue here on Sports Talk. Plus, I want to talk to you a little bit about the big UFC fight coming up later this month. Um, and it's UFC 280. I, I can't wait to talk to you about this one. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Get comfortable. AJ Hodgkins, former UTEP linebacker, joining us in our Lube Go studios. Well, let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more with AJ as we continue here on Sports Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Sports Talk continues. Adrian brought us here, filling in for Steve Kaplowitz, along with UTEP Zay, our intern here in the fall, along with Angel Munoz, who's screening calls. Producing the show, picking out the music as well. Good good song selections to start off, Angel. Appreciate that. Uh, as we continue here with one of our favorites, he's A.J. Hodgkins, former UTEP linebacker, current pro fighter. He, uh, he is a, he's, uh, does all kinds of combat sports. He's a social media influencer. He's got a website, fitwithj.com, ajhotchkins.com. He's got, he's got it all. He's doing it all. And uh, he joins us here in our Lube and Go studios uh, getting ready for his big fight coming up this Saturday. It's the Game Over Local Boxing Exhibition. Uh, gates open at 6 o'clock out at Rubik's East. And uh, AJ Hodgkins fighting Quintel McRoy. What's it like? I, I just want to jump into it right now. We, we previewed other things in the first segment, but I want to talk boxing now. What's okay. it like just tra- translating over from what what you've been doing in the, in kind of that MMA jujitsu world, and now going into the boxing world? Boxing's an interesting one, man. So like, boxing is probably like one of the biggest like holes in my like like uh, martial arts, you know. But um, from you know, because it's all hands, right? It's like you can't use your feet, you can't wrestle, you can't clinch. There's a lot of things you can't do in boxing, and I think. For me, it'll just be a challenge. Like, I'm excited to see what I come up with um, this Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, like legitimately, like, I, I'm, I'm excited to see. And so, um, 
I mean, as far as, like, the transition has been, it's just like, dude, it's just another day. Um, I think a lot of it is just mindset. I think a lot of it is just getting yourself up and ready to compete, strategizing against your opponent, and putting yourself in a position to win. And I think, um, for me, that's what I focus on, you know what I mean? And then continue to build my skill set on the side. I think that's uh, where it's just, like, train, you know, train two, three times a day, and I'm getting better, you know what I mean? And that's all I really can control, and I control what I can can control. And then from there, it's like I just let it be you know what i mean never worry so what's um, your preference um in terms of uh i mean i i like a i like a real fight i think uh we'll get an mma fight by the end of this year in december hopefully in phoenix um that's i haven't announced that yet but that's what we're working towards now um so until then just getting as much uh, combat experience as possible i don't have a division one wrestling background i don't have a high school wrestling background so this is all kind of like new for me and a lot of it like i said is mindset and just becoming comfortable with getting in there and um competing and so that's what i been doing the last year um i think a lot of people it's funny like i've been training for like quite legitimately about a year now where it's been like and i would say even seriously i've been training seriously about nine ten months and i'm looking extremely sharp extremely sharp and i'm excited um because again it's one year guys have been doing this their whole life you know what i mean and uh yeah for me it's like dude i'm stepping in there one year i look good i'm competitive um and i'm just ready to get over the hump you know what i mean and uh yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at you well, know what well I mean? so so i want to jump in there's a lot of follow-ups i've got to that but first off i want to ask you the training so what's different between your training now compared to the train just training workout that you did before because you're an active person i mean we know it but off your social media influence uh influencer stuff that all you do uh you're you're you uh, are a personal trainer on the side as well and you help right. people with fitness and uh to stay active and stuff like that as we well. gotta get you in bro we gotta get you in for a workout <laughs> go let's ahead do it. Go ahead. <laughs> shout out we physical gotta get athletics. you in yeah yeah <laughs> um uh but no but seriously uh when, when it comes to all this stuff right here what's the difference between training now seriously and what you did before well, when in, I say seri- when, I've always been serious about my training but um what I mean by that is like just really dedicating myself to martial arts you know what I mean whether that be like jiu-jitsu in the morning Muay Thai at night like I'm just boxing I'm MMA like whatever I can do and so like I'm I'm training more martial arts than I'm doing anything else so I'm training like martial arts like 10 to 12 times a week where I'm strength training maybe twice a week two three times a week um so that's really all I mean by that is where I'm like really dedicating my like focus and my energy to becoming a better mixed martial artist and uh that's probably been about like 10 months where I've really just like kind of put my head down told myself I'm going to compete whenever someone asks me to compete or whenever I have the opportunity to compete and just continue to train hard and add to my bag I always say this like um martial arts is almost like it's almost like creating a player even more so than it is in like football or basketball or anything like that. It's like creating a player because everything you learn, you can add or you can get rid of. You know what I mean? So it's like you get to create like the best version of yourself and you get to practice whatever discipline like you're interested in at that time. So I've been doing a ton of Muay Thai at uh, Elite City or Elite Kickboxing. Um, that's like right down the street um, where it's like now I'm doing a little bit of Muay Thai. So just like practicing uh, different practices has been like kind of like where I'm at, where I'm bouncing around but i'm always actively training you know what i mean yeah that makes a lot of sense it seems like also uh kind of going back to what you said before you know before i asked this one about training uh you you're ta- you talked about people who've done this for a long time it must be kind of weird uh 
or is it awkward or weird to it's just awkward. see some of these guys it's who've awkward. been training? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it's awkward because I'm smashing these. You know guys. where I'm going with this? Yeah, no, this. I'm yeah. smashing these guys. <laughs> these guys have been training their whole life. They get mad at me because I show up every day. I'm focused and I smash them. And it's only been a year. And then in martial arts, it, it's it's a you can see it. It, it's it's very clear because it's like there's no gray area in football. There's a gray area. Who's a better linebacker, me or him? You could be like, well, I like him, I like him. But when when you when like you when you ask who's a better wrestler and I can out wrestle you, there's no gray area. And it's funny because these same guys that I'm saying I smash now are guys that used to smash me when I was first starting. So that's what I when I'm when I'm saying like. Dude, you could get better at anything. Just keep showing up, be consistent, be focused, and you'll see yourself climb, and you'll see yourself start to outgrow people. And so these guys that have been doing it all their life, you know, just too bad for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm just more focused. I'm going to work harder. That's well, it. Well, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, and also, I, I kind of, like... Again, I, I'm we we know each other, but I, I kind of also feel like you were made for this. Like this actually like perfectly suits yeah, I'm your a, personality. I'm an entrepreneur, bro. Like I'm independent thinker, entrepreneur, like free minded, and like I get to do whatever I want. Uh, yesterday, I left practice a little bit early because I, I was going to go on a run and I have a bit of a bruised rib. Um, so I was like, dude, I'm going to leave practice early. I'm going to go on a run. Um, and I just I get to I get to like awake or the night before. I'm like, dude, I'm going to train here and then I'm going to train here at this time and here at this time and no one can say anything to me i'm like i pay my membership and that's it so it's like dude i'm just adding to my bag adding to my skill set and i am built for this and i love seeing who's better i love i love healthy competition and i think that's what it is because there's no better competition mma is the best sport in the world where it's like you're locking a cage one guy wins the other loses or or girl you know what i mean yeah so it's like it's like the ultimate measure of like human performance is what i think and that's why i've gravitated to it you know what i mean so yeah um yeah dude i, I love it i think i made for it too and i'm happy i found it you know what I mean? A lot of people would say, oh, I wish I would have found this earlier. I hear this all the time. Uh, like I used to say this. I wish I would have started wrestling when I was in high school. But it's like I think there's a tremendous advantage to having no experience, no background at all because I'm unpredictable. I'm unorthodox. I'm a little bit awkward. And, like, there are certain things that I do where it's like a wrestler wouldn't have done that. A jiu-jitsu guy, a boxer wouldn't have done that. And so that's what I think will manifest on Saturday, this Saturday at Rubik's. You know what I mean? Because it's not going to be – traditional conventional boxing it's going to be like hit and move elusive evasive and like everything is like it's just a little bit different you know what i mean yeah and what, i practice what, everything so it's like what's your ahead. boxing style i don't even have i don't know we'll see <laughs> come through answer. and see come through and see because at the end of, like i don't know if i have i don't know what the style is it's like i mean i i guess i i don't i don't know i don't know well i mean we'll really see i, I mean i really don't know um, I do know that I'm, I'm ready. I think I'm a cardiovascular machine. I'm a muscular endurance machine. I don't get tired. And so, like, I think that uh, – and I'm a martial artist in the mind, so um, I just see myself. And if you watch my kickboxing match, if you watch my kickboxing match, you can see that I'm a fighter. I have a lot of fight in me. My fight or flight response is to fight. And so, uh, you know, what I'm focused on for
for this match is just going in there very calm, very poised, um, and, and, and not allowing the moment to overcome me and just staying in body. You know what I mean? So well, that's well the, let's, let, let me stop you there because you talked about this last time when you joined us, but kind of like being very aware in your own thoughts, in your own body, and what you do. What's that change like? Because I, I, mean, I see it well, well, real quick. I see it in, in football. I see it in basketball all the time. It, it's when somebody can almost take control of everything. We, uh, we saw, yeah. That, uh, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. I was going to say, I mean, like if you, we saw. In, in the NBA Finals with somebody like Steph Curry. He just takes over a, ba- a basketball it's, game it, and has full control over the court. It's a flow state. You know what I mean? It's like he's already a skilled individual, and what it is is talent is meeting preparation and opportunity in the right mindset. You know, he's in a different mode when when Steph Curry is in, like, that mode, and we all know what mode I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. He, once he gets into that mode, he's different. It's just different. It's like he's not the Steph Curry that we saw walk out, you know, from like the the whatever in the the first first quarter, you know what I mean. When he gets in that mode, and everyone knows he's in that mode. Same thing with Clay Thompson, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like all these guys, they get in that like flow state mode, and things just start to like momentum starts to shift their way. And I think um, the, the, one of the keys to getting in that mode is just like what I talked about, having a skill set, having uh, your mind prepared for any opportunity, being able to adapt, and then like finally you find it and like you and that's where I've kind of been in this martial arts is where like I'm starting to become more comfortable with competition and that's new because when I was a football player not as much you know what I mean I a lot of times I allow the moment to like overcome me and what I would tell uh these young UTEP football guys is like dude be grateful of the opportunity that you guys have in front of you whether you're a third string guy whether you're a fourth whether you're the starting quarterback Gavin like be ready and be prepared for the moment Moment because you never know how many moments you're going to get uh, like this. You know what I mean? And it's an incredible moment to go out there and play in front of the sum, guys in the Sun Bowl, uh, play at Nebraska, play anywhere at New Mexico, play in Las Cruces. It doesn't matter where, like like for myself, uh, fighting at Rubik's in front of 400 people, whatever the should be 750 people. It's the hottest ticket in El Paso right now is what it is <laughs> that nobody's talking about. That's you right. know what I mean? But my point is, is regardless, I'm going to be grateful for the moment and I'm going to go out there and perform. And I think... Um, um, yeah, that's just what it is. Being being honestly grateful because you're able-bodied, you have the opportunity to go out there and compete. Somebody's giving you a platform, just like you guys are giving me a platform here at ESPN. I appreciate you guys. I'm grateful for every opportunity that I, that I get, and I'm ready to seize the opportunity. You know what I mean? And that's really what it comes down to, I think. We got A.J. Hodgkins live in studio right now. Check him out this weekend. He's heading off to Rubik's East, uh, and this is going to be his big fight. It's the local boxing exhibition uh, this weekend. And uh, for A.J., he's uh, somebody who performs in combat sports, somebody who is uh, dipping into a little bit of the boxing realm right now. He's going up against Quintel McRoy as we continue here on Sports Talk. Also, check him out on YouTube as well. He's got a YouTube channel, Fit With Jay, as well. A.J., uh, I want to want to continue talking a little bit more about uh, Friday, you know, Saturday's exhibition. When it comes to actually putting together, or actually, let me ask you this: What's the combat uh, fight, the combat fighting scene like here in El Paso? What what are uh, some of its strengths, and where are some of the areas that it could get a little bit better? Um, you know, I think it's decent. I just don't think we get a lot of national and international travel. You know what I mean? Like, um, if you look at like Albuquerque, like Albuquerque gets a ton of national travel because they just have a, like, they're like fight culture. You know what I mean? So, 
Um, like, at least what I've seen, just to be honest with you, is that, like, it's not great here. Um, I think boxing is much better than, like, MMA, jiu-jitsu because of the Mexican uh, culture Very here, true. Very where true. Where it's like, I think the boxing, and again, I'm not a boxer. I, I don't know much about, like, the boxing community, but I would say that the boxing community is probably pretty strong here versus, like, the MMA, jiu-jitsu scene, where it's like, you go to, like, California, you go to, like, maybe, like, some place, spots in Arizona, uh, like Dallas, you know what I mean? Some of these other cities. Um, but I think the boxing community here is probably pretty strong. We actually have some pretty legit boxers out here um, that I've seen at least. You wow. know what I mean? Nice. So, um, but again, I'm not a huge part of that community where I'm not like showing up in like boxing, you know, daily. And I'm not really a part of that community as much as I am like MMA, Jiu Jitsu, grappling, stuff like that. So since the last time we spoke to you, you were telling us how you were kind of getting into that MMA, uh, Jiu Jitsu. What, what are some of those tournaments, matches uh, that you've been a part of over the past couple months been like? Like just, you know, learning, trying to get better. What, what has that been like? Dude, you? well, the last one I came on here, I almost lit the place on fire. Dude, I know. The, the, uh, the, last the guy one was going I, crazy. Yeah, the dude. Well, and he's, he was the one that. He was that, talking smack. Yeah, it was him. It wasn't me. I'm calm, cool, collected, and uh, we put on a show for that one. That was good. That was out here. Um, so, yeah, that's what I say. When I'm telling people to come to something, it's like, do you guys ought to come? You know what I mean? You guys ought to come. So it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I would just say, man, it's like extremely valuable for me to just grab the experience. I'll compete in anything. I'll compete in Joe Smo Bob's boxing event. I don't I don't really care. If they're if we're doing some form of combat, I'll be there, I'll show up, and I'll, and I'll compete because uh, for me it's just putting like – putting uh, experience under my belt. You know what I mean? So um, they've been cool, man. And then I'm also starting to generate a buzz around El Paso, especially in the grappling community where, like, people are starting to, like, notice me. People are starting to, like, recognize me where I'm excited. I'm, okay. a, I'm okay. an exciting grappler, you know, on the come up out here. And then soon we'll, 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 we'll take somebody's head off in MMA. And then then I'll start, you know, becoming known for that. I'll start generating a, a buzz for that and, uh, you know, putting putting – uh, bums and chairs you know what i mean so that's the ultimate goal is to get people excited get some um gr- grab some momentum um and just continue to just work hard and just show up every day be consistent every day you know what i mean back to utep real quick you talked to and mentioned uh backups you, you mentioned you know third string and stuff like that i want to mention uh one person who you you might have a, a soft spot for just knowing what he did cal wallerstedt on this utep football Dude. team the linebacker who is a fourth string guy uh he is playing because breon hayward was ineligible uh, or at least so far for this utep football team hasn't cleared waivers to play uh yeah jerome wilson who also got injured early on into the season and then they they also had injuries to some other other uh, linebackers, and he stepped in. He had an opportunity, yeah. and he's been playing great it, it, so far. It's awesome to see, man. So I actually played with Cal. I played with Cal, and then I was on the I was on the coaching staff for two years with Cal, and he was a guy like again like consistency. Just keep showing up, keep having a positive attitude, be a sponge learn and then be ready when you get an opportunity because if you're not ready and then they throw you in there and you blow the opportunity now you look like an idiot so like like hats off to Cal for like being ready and it's so awesome to see him doing well because he's someone that didn't immediately get 
uh, gratified when they didn't just throw him in there. Like, they weren't just like, oh, yeah, Cal Wallerstadt, get in there. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude, you're always one injury away. You're always one uh, somebody being un- ineligible. And I, I'm not going to say names, but I talked to some of the UTEP uh, football guys about this type of stuff. I'm like, dude, but, like, your attitude sucks. And, like, like when, like when, you, like when you do get an opportunity, you're not ready. Because right. you're not manifesting it, and you're not thinking about it, and you're not you're not focused on the opportunity. I don't care if you're a four string guy. Like, continue to remain focused. Get on the special teams. Help the team out. Like, why, do why is something. getting spe- on special teams so? The important? reason why getting on special teams is in, and it, this is this is good for anyone to hear. Any young football player. The reason why getting on special teams is important because that's a lot of times your foot in the door. So it's like, dude, you might be the third string linebacker. But at the end of the day, if you could go make a huge play on kickoff, like now the coaches are like, yo, this dude shows up every day. He has a positive attitude. He's always giving us good looks. And then he goes down there and splatters a dude on kickoff against whoever. It's like it's a no-brainer. So now when the guy in uh, in front of you is ineligible or hurt, they're like, yo, dude, like we got this young up and cut. He's hungry. Like, people could feel if you're hungry or not. If you're hungry, you're on time, you show up, you work hard every day, like, you're a leader, like, and, and a leader doesn't mean vocal, it might just mean by actions. Maybe you're the third string guy, you sit in the back, take notes, and, like, you're ready for your opportunity when it comes, you know what I mean? And that's important, and that's, like, where you see guys like Cal, um, like, take total advantage, you know what I mean? It's like um, another guy, Elijah, I believe his name is, um, the corner. Yeah, Johnson. Um, it's so good to see him playing, too, because when I my first year as a coach, like the coaches, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So I've also I've been a player and I've also been a coach where we like sit down and I hear these conversations being had where it's like, yo, dude, this dude is like he does a great job here. He does a great job here. He's a quiet kid. He does this. He does that. He's always good attitude. He's always good energy. And then we throw him in at like UTSA. I think he got burnt. Yeah. But it does not First matter. Time ever. First it time doesn't ever. matter though because it's like, dude, look at him now. Now he's playing. Now he has an opportunity. So it's like setting yourself up for the long term success rather than like oh man woe is me and you sit around and you pout for two years and then when you actually get the opportunity you you make a mental error you slip up you miss a tackle and you 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 go out there and you stink it up because you haven't been manifesting and you haven't been like visualizing like you getting out there and seizing the opportunity that's really good point that's i love that stuff um we'll come back we'll wrap up this hour with aj hodgkins i want to talk ufc 280 i want to get his thoughts on that. I also want to ask him about the future and what's to come uh, when it comes to all his combat sports uh, the rest of this year. We're going to take a time out right now as you're listening to Sports Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Alright, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Angel Munoz. UTEP Zay, our fall intern here in our Lubingo studios. We are hanging out with you. Coming up next, it's our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Man, one of my favorite uh, segments every single week, picking out the winners in college football, giving away some uh, Sun Bowl tickets for, with some trivia. That's coming up in hour number two, along with Coach Ben Wallace from the UTEP Volleyball Program, uh, previewing their big upcoming match against number 22 Rice. And then followed by that, we're going to have a pair of UTEP men's basketball players in Shamar Givens and Jonathan Dos Anjos joining us in studio. Uh, if you'd like to have any early questions for any of our guests coming up, send 
send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You could also check in on our free mobile app or call into the show at 915-505-6009. Speaking of ticket giveaways, AJ Hodgkins has been in our Lubingo studios for the last 48 minutes, uh, and we're going to be doing a ticket giveaway right now to three lucky winners who want to go watch AJ Hodgkins fight this weekend. It's the local boxing exhibition out at Rubik's East. That's uh, 9910 Montana on the east side of El Paso. Gates open at 5. First bell is at 6. AJ Hodgkins versus Quintel McRoy, and that one's coming up this weekend. If you'd like to win tickets, all you have to do is give us a call, 915-505-6009. We're going to pick lucky callers to uh, get a pair of tickets. Just say you want to watch AJ Hodgkins fight this weekend. A call in to reserve your tickets. That's 915-505-6009. We're going to be giving away these tickets to three lucky callers uh, if you'd like to call in right now. AJ, uh, this is a big one. Uh, set the stage for uh, Saturday's fight. Tell us all that we can expect from you. If people haven't been listening to this segment and are just tuning in right now, uh, what what is uh, what are what what should people look for? Uh, you know, just a uh, exciting performance. I think um, I think we come out there super poised, super calm, and uh, we just put on a, a performance. And I think we end the fight early third round. So that's what I think. TKO, KO. Wow, yeah, calling uh, your shot early third round. Oh my! Wow. Yeah. We're, we're call- I like it. The- yeah, yeah. A lot of confidence from you going into this fight. Uh, I know we, we talked about this before, kind of dipping into the boxing realm. Uh, you-, you feel a little bit more comfortable on the other side of things. But, hey, all combat sports you feel comfortable in, right? Yeah, any form of competition. I mean, you could sit down and play blackjack if you'd like, and we could, we could do that as well. Okay, all you know right. What I mean? All right, I play, yeah. play a couple hands in my life. I, I, was, I, watching, I was watching the, uh, <laughs> the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix last night, and he's always, like, competing you know what I mean? They're yeah. throwing quarters at the wall and stuff. Him and the security. Go ahead. Anyway, no. yeah. All right. Hey, uh, I want to. I want to talk a little bit more about just uh, you know opponents just here in town. We talked about this earlier. Just kind of people who've been doing this for a while. When you have opponents kind of disrespect you or, or, or maybe talking smack ahead of things. What what do you do in your head? Do yeah. you just kind of block no, that out and they, not really they focus? Never, uh, they never disrespect me. It's just like uh, I just know that like there are certain people that don't like me because I just say whatever I want to say. And then I go out there and I, I do my best to back it up. So far, I've backed everything up that I've said. And um, that's what I do. And then I continue to work hard whether I win, lose, draw. It doesn't matter to me. So I think that they see my progression and they're upset that they, they, they haven't progressed as fast. So like if you've been doing this 10 years and then some dude that's been you know doing this one year comes in and stunts on you and I always have my filmers so I just have my my guys videotaping you know what I mean and it always hasn't been like this I got choked out uh remember I came in here and I promoted uh, uh when I was doing my first jiu-jitsu match this was ever a while back this is yeah. no, not even long not even long March like six, maybe yeah like March exactly probably like six seven months ago is my first jiu-jitsu tournament ever I get choked out first match I posted on my YouTube I mean, I'm not afraid of losing or failure or being embarrassed. So I think what happens is, is like they see me and they're upset because I'm filming it and I'm using it as like promotion. And um, 
I'm progressing faster than everybody else is. And again, like I can tell them why, which is like, if you go back and listen to this podcast, it's because I'm more focused and I work harder. I think. Yeah. And, and the hard work doesn't just mean like in the gym training, hard work is like me going home and um, eating the right stuff. Uh, you know, feeling my body with the right stuff, supplementing my vitamins, my <laughs> like I, I go last night, I go home and I, I'm watching old, old old school boxing. I'm, I'm watching the, you know, last dance for motivational purposes. So my mind is just extremely focused on the task at hand. And um, this is a small time event. Like we said, I mean, like it's going to be in, in the back of a bar. Uh, it's going to be dope, though. You know, over sure. at Rubik's East Side. You know what I mean? There's supposed to be a car show. It's going to be lit energy and I'm going to light it on fire just like i've lit everything else on fire every time i every time i compete you could ask young renee my my youtube guy every time i compete there's a lot of energy in the room um and so that's my goal and um i think that's why people um are the way they are towards me they, they don't ever say anything directly to me about anything but i could just tell that their energy level is off you know what i mean and, and that's fine i embrace it and then some people really support me i got people internationally that support me i got people nationally that support me all over dude and i get like super inspirational messages from people like dude you got me into martial arts you know like i, I you know i the football didn't work out i'm a juco guy and now i'm doing jiu-jitsu because i saw your content and that's that's who i'm really doing this for this is why i do this and not only for myself but like for these people to inspire people so if they're not inspired and they want to be negative towards me that that's that's on them okay i I got you uh as we wind things down you keep saying we you reference youtube guys you you reference photographers and people around you uh how important is your supporting cats around you uh in in all the things that you do because people don't realize that a lot of people uh are, are you know really help and contribute to all the stuff that you do Dude, um, you know, obviously, like, the people that support me are, is huge. Like, uh, the guys over at 10 Planet, like, they've really embraced me. Like, I feel like it's a family over there. I love training over there. I get nothing but good energy over there. Great instruction. If you got kids, take them over to 10 Planet, put them in jiu-jitsu, start, start them in martial arts. There's, one like, one thing that will be re- required in my family is, like, you are going to do martial arts. Interesting. Like, that's it. Like, before anything else, because there's so many. No life- soccer, no football. no. No, it's all it's all it, like I mean, if they want to, sure. But um, my point is, is that there's so much to be learned through martial arts. It's a it's a primal skill set that you're developing. It's it's a skill set that that'll never leave you as well. And then also like the guys over at uh, Elite Kickboxing, like they've been helping me out tremendously. I've been over there for like five, well, maybe like four or five weeks now. Um, they've been nothing but good energy, good positive vibes. Coach Carlos has been getting me right, um, and he really pushes me. That's another thing is um, in my Muay Thai coach, my kickboxing coach, and, like, you know, like, people that are really there for you, really want to support you and are really going to push you to get better and um, and want to see you do well. You know, find those people and, and stick with those people because um, – that's what's most important. You get so much inspiration from it because I don't want to let those people down. You know what I mean? I come on ESPN radio and I talk a big game and it's like on Saturday, I'm going to have to like go out there and back it up. And I'm, I'm ready to do that. And I'm, I'm excited to do that. And I'm excited to show what I've been working on with coach Carlos, what I've been working on, uh, coach Cristobal at 10 planet. And, um, yeah, bring your kids, do martial arts. Um, 
That's I like not, it. It's not just me saying that. Like I, I'm a true believer in it that um, it makes you, a, anyone a better person. I want you to come out and train as well. Oh, my goodness. This is my second time telling <laughs> you that. But, yeah, you got to come train, bro. I, pro- okay. I promise. <laughs> All right. One last time, local boxing exhibition. Had a couple people call in for the uh, giveaways on the tickets. If you'd like to uh, go watch A.J. Hodgkins fight this weekend, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Say you want to watch A.J. fight and call in, and we'll get you hooked up with some tickets. First bell, 6 o'clock gates open at five out at rubik's east aj thank you so much for stopping by and joining us today best of luck this saturday as you face off against quintel mcroy i appreciate you guys thanks for the platform and everybody come through rubik's east i appreciate you guys um so yeah man i I appreciate the platform and i'm ready to go awesome stuff aj hey we'll talk to you soon when we come back we're going to take a time out right now we'll be joined by bernie olivas for the tony the tiger sun bowl watch that's coming up here on 600 espn el paso all right welcome in it is hour number two here on sports talk adrian brought us here filling in for steve kaplowitz special thanks to aj hodgkins who joined us in the previous hour uh, along with Angel Munoz and Uteb Zay, we continue here in our uh, second hour with one of my favorite segments, if not my favorite segment of all week. It is uh, the, our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch with uh, Bernie Olivas, Executive Director here from the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Uh, and we've got first, uh, of course, the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. Uh, big congrats to Noel Nunez for winning week five this past week. Bernie, welcome back to the show. Uh, what a big week it was for Noel Nunez, am I right? The only contestant to go 10 for 10 last week, which is pretty pretty hard to do. Uh, the week before, I think we had eight eight guys go eight, you know 10 for uh, 10 for 10, but congratulations Mr. Nunez for going perfect on in week 5. And looking forward to week 6 again. I have a great uh, celebrity picker uh, this week and uh, you know what? On top of all that, our ACC and Pac-12 teams are still doing well. Along with our own UTEP miners, who went down to Charlotte and uh, and put a put a whipping on them, so it was all in all, it was a great week for college football in El Paso. I think. Oh yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that, Bernie. I can't wait to recap last week. I can't wait to make our picks with uh, a celebrity guest that j- everybody has to listen to this next segment. This is must listen to radio, and I very. I don't I don't use that term all the time, but Bernie, this this celebrity guest is going to be awesome. We'll tease that, and before we hit the break, we will make sure that we uh, do some trivia as well. So, uh, but before we do any of that, right there, I want to talk about some breaking news that just happened with the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Uh, legends have been named Grand Marshals of the Glashine Vias and Enderman Injury Lawyers Sun Bowl Parade. Uh, Bernie, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, we just released that, and uh, I. Couldn't, we couldn't be happier to have uh, two uh, Sun Bowl icons. Not only El pa- Sun Bowl icons, El Paso icons. I agree. And I think that, uh, you know, without these two gentlemen, you know, the Sun Bowl Association might not even exist uh, at all be- without these two. And I'm talking, first of all, about Jimmy Rogers Jr., who's been involved with Sun Bowl for almost 70 years. And uh, he, I think he's very, he was instrumental. He's the one that broke, uh, that was a broker of the CBS deal 55 years ago. And, uh, again, everybody knows that CBS has been our partner for 54 consecutive years. We're going on 55. Wow. And, uh, and it was just it's, it, it's a relationship that like no other. 
you know, maybe the masters and them have a better relationship because they've been around longer. But Jimmy Rogers was very instrumental in that, and not only that, he was very instrumental in in, in letting us uh, get some uh, some real car tax money to help pay for the expenses of the Sun Bowl game, or we, this game might not be around for sure. So we are extremely happy to honor him as our Grand Marshal, along with his sidekick, John Fulmer, the chairman of our football committee. And again, uh, you know, John's been around for over 50 years as well. And, uh, you know, when I first became involved with the Sumble, I, I had heard of who John Fulmer was. And when I got to, when I got to know him, uh, it was incredible how much he knew and how many people he knew around the country. I always used to say he was probably the best known uh, the best known person in college football that wasn't a coach or athletic director. Everybody wow. knew him. And I think because of that, I think that's why we got involved with some of the bigger names in, in, in college football. And I think that's the reason we have two power five, you know, two power five conferences playing in our game. And we've had some, you know, for so long. And if it wasn't for John and his relationships with a lot of the commissioners, a lot of the head coaches that were around in that time, again, we, we might not exist. So we are extremely happy to have both of them serve as our grand marshals for the, two, for the 2022 Clashina Bias and Intermittent Injury Lawyers Thanksgiving Day Parade. So uh, great news. Uh, we are thrilled to have them there. And like I said, hope everybody comes out to watch the parade on Thanksgiving morning. Uh, we're, we're back, uh, hopefully. Like I said, you know what? Me and Joe Dabak, our special events director, talk about all the time. You talk about luck. You know, last year it rained on our parade. But it was awesome. I, it was such a it great was. parade. It was such a great parade. It rained at the, at the Tony the Tiger Sambo. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a flag football tournament, and it rained on our flag football tournament. So twenty one was was kind of was kind of goofy for us, but I'm expecting great weather. You know, it's, it's our turn out to have great weather. So come on out, make plans. Thanksgiving Day parade. The floats are incredible. Joe's doing a tremendous job, and all the volunteers and all the companies that are putting floats together, uh, they're doing a tremendous job. The theme this year is. Mardi Gras, El Paso style. Ooh. So come on out. It's it's going to be it's going to be great. Oh, I'm heading to New Orleans this weekend, Bernie. I'll pick up some beads on there the, on the way. Okay, absolutely. All right, I'll be ready for the parade. Hey, that's awesome news. I'm so excited. That's some breaking news. So I'm I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about that as well. Uh, let's talk about last week. Let's start off with the Pac-12. We'll go over to the ACC after that. Uh, but we'll just talk about some of the games and then we'll preview what's to come ahead uh, for uh, another big week of college football. I'm talking about Week Six uh, in both the Pac-12 and the ACC. First off, how surprised were you that uh, UCLA knocked off number 15 Washington? I love, you know what? I'll tell you this, Bernie. I love the UCLA quarterback, Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson. That quarterback is such a gunslinger. He's also dual threat. Like he could kill, he could beat you on the ground and beat you through the air. Uh, and just kind of a back and forth game in that one. Um, UCLA coming out as the victors, and they're 5-0 and right now. That was a big surprise. Obviously, I had picked Washington to win that game. Me too. And, uh, again, it's, it's, it's crazy, but the two teams, there's two teams left that are undefeated in the Pac-12. And who do they happen to be? UCLA and USC. The two, wow. The two teams that are going to run away from the Pac-12. Right. It, it would be cool to see them go undefeated and just you know play that final game against each other as undefeated teams. But that, to me, was the biggest surprise of the week in the Pac-12 was the UCLA game. Everything else kind of, I thought, you know, fit into place. You know, USC being Arizona State. You know, I, I was a little surprised that Utah beat uh, Oregon State so handily, you know, 42-16. to 16. You know, Oregon, you know, Washington State is, is real. And, you know, uh, you know Arizona, 
in Colorado, they're you know I'm fortunate they're probably bringing the you know the, the you know the bottom up of the Pac-12 and you know Colorado lost its coach, who's a good That's friend because right. you know he was a former you know uh, Sun Bowl winner. He brought UCLA here, Carl Durrell. So I was kind of you know you know hit wishing them well, but uh, they just can't seem to get off the ground. So other than that, I think all the other games. You know, they, they went the way they were supposed to be, except for that uh, big surprise with that UCLA-Washington. As good as UCLA had been playing, I thought Washington was going to win that. So congratulations to them. Again, you know, overall to the season, the Pac-12 is 37-22, and 22, which is which is pretty darn good. Yeah. And uh, it, and the ACC, we'll talk about the ACC, they're, they're doing just as, just as well, which means we're going to get a couple of pretty good teams coming December 30th at Tony the Tiger Sumble. So I'm excited. Oh, I'm me really too. Excited. I, I'm excited as well, Bernie. Uh, one other uh, just person I want to mention from this past week out of the Pac-12 that really stood out to me, uh, and and this is one that a lot of El Pasoans keep it, keep tabs on, and that's Jacob Cowing, the former UTEP receiver who's now with Arizona. You mentioned Colorado losing its coach this weekend. The Wildcats defeated the the Buffaloes uh, 43 to 20 this past weekend. Jacob Cowing with 12 catches for 180 receiving yards and a touchdown. Just uh, another great performance performance by another a former minor standout uh interesting to note also he and current utep wide receiver tyron smith are neck and neck in uh receiving yard rankings across the country but let's go over to the acc let's talk about this i you know what uh, i've got to admit bernie i picked nc state as a, as a possible upset but dj uya ungalale is definitely that guy for clemson uh they are now five and zero after their 30 to 20 win against nc state and they've played the tough part of the acc already they beat wake forest and they beat nc state you know i, I was with you i picked nc state to beat clemson because i thought clemson had been sneaking by Right, you know, and you know that Wake Forest game, you know, double overtime game. They could very probably easily should have lost, lost that. that. Probably should have lost that. And I thought NC State was pretty good, foot, pretty good football team, even though they were playing at Clemson. We all know how you know Clemson's home uh, winning streak. But I thought NC State was going to was going to pull that one out. And Clemson showed up, and uh, now they're playing like the word everybody thinks they should have been playing. So. Uh, that was a surprise to me, and of course the other surprise, the big surprise to me, was at Pittsburgh, uh, Georgia oh, Tech, with Georgia man. Tech beating up on Pittsburgh. So uh, a lot. But even there, though, uh, the ACC is forty-five and twenty-four. You know, total, you know, cumulative. So that's pretty good. Like I said, we're going to have two pretty good football teams coming to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game. And again, I am excited about this week. Yeah, about this year. Oh, me too. And just to show you how much parity we've seen so far in the ACC, you mentioned the Georgia Tech win against Pitt. Uh, Pitt right now three and two, but they're probably one of the best three and two teams in the country, if not the best team oh, oh. who's three and two right now. But I, I'll tell you one team that that is definitely right up there as well in the ACC: Wake Forest, Florida State. What a game that was! Uh, you know the Demon Deacons and the way that they kind of handled that game. You kind of thought, well, is Florida State going to come back at any point? No, uh, Wake Forest. Uh, took control of that one. They won 31-21 this past week, and that was a that was a really good game, a highly anticipated one as well. You had a, a shootout between Boston College, Louisville. It looked like it was over. Uh, it looked like Louisville had that one in the bag, and that's right. And instead, Boston College wins uh, a 57-yard touchdown catch uh, to close that one out. It was a 34-33 close victory uh, and that was pretty much it the other one's pretty lopsided Syracuse beating uh, Wagner you had Duke topping Virginia and North Carolina beating Virginia yeah. Tech any other takeaways from those games you know I, again you know I know Syracuse played Wagner 
but when you're playing an inferior team, that's what you're supposed to do to them. Right. You're supposed to beat them 59 to zero. I agree. So I think they're they're real. They're one of the two undefeated teams left in the in the ACC. With Clem, you know, Clemson and Syracuse are the only two undefeated teams. So they're for real. And again, you never you don't know who's going to wind up here. But I'm 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 just excited to see who's going to you know at the end of the day who's going to you know, filter out and come down to El Paso. But I think, I think we're going to have a great matchup. I really do. Oh, I, I do as well. And speaking of matchups, uh, in our matchup for our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest, Bernie, I'm falling behind. I'm four back right now. You're uh, four up on me. You're, you're two up on Steve. Uh, you and Steve had a seven-point week this past week. I, ha- I was five of ten this week. Uh, not, not good whatsoever. But I'll tell you who topped all of us. It was our celebrity picker, Mario Mocha, director of athletics at New Mexico State. Uh, yeah, this was the first time, Bernie, that uh, a celebrity guest has outpicked that's, all of us. That's right. And congratulations to Mario. I, didn't, I, I, I thought he was going to get four right, but uh, he got eight out of ten. What beat, happened beat there? Seven to Come on. Beat us. You know, I had seven. Steve had seven. You had five. But congratulations to Mario. And, uh, again, uh, luckily we weren't playing for lunch or anything, but uh, – but yeah, he's got bragging rights till next year. Till we do this again next year. So you know what, we got a vet. Uh, you know, <laughs> some of the the you know, I, he had some people helping him, like Adam Young out there. We got we have to look into the tampering and cheating over there, Bernie. You know Can we I get think, the committee on this? I think you're right. We, there might be an investigation needed here. Okay, so. good. I'm I'm with you on that, <laughs> Bernie. Before we hit break uh, and we get to our celebrity guest, which by the way, I cannot wait. Again, our celebrity guest coming up next. This is a must listen to. Uh, one of our great friends here on this show uh, but before we get to that let's get some trivia and let's get to some trivia and let's give away some tickets that sounds great you know all this, everybody's been really good at finding these answers to our trivia so now we I think we got a little tougher one and uh, but still for two tickets to the Tony the Tiger the Sun Bowl game on December 30th here's the question how many times has the Sun Bowl football game ex- eclipsed 50,000 fans. Wow. I love this. I and love I, this one. Yeah. How many times has the Sumble Eclipse 50,000 fans? And I'm going to give you one clue. Before 1983, the stadium did not hold 50,000. Okay. There All you right. go. And along with that, we need four of those years. Okay. Four of those years. Half of those years. Well, I already told you. I just gave up away gave the answer. Okay. There you go. I just gave away the answer. But anyway... <laughs> Now you got to give me eight of the years. Give me eight years. Eight, eight years, years uh, where the Sun Bowl has eclipsed 50,000-plus fans. You can call in right now. Our telephone number, 505-6009, for your chance at two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game coming up on December 30th. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, our celebrity guest coming up next right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian Brad is here along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay, getting ready here on the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Uh, this is one of my favorite segments of all all week long. It's the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest, and uh, we are joined by a great celebrity guest today, Bernie. But uh, before we get to him, uh, this is this is a contentious week. Uh, there's a lot of great matchups all across the board. Are you ready for some picks this week? Yeah, it's getting tougher and tougher to, to make these picks. And now that everybody's in conference play, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. But... Again, I'm excited because, uh, like I said, both the conferences that are coming to the, to the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl are having great seasons so far. 
And uh, I'm excited because I think we're going to have a great matchup. Congratulations to Frank Gamboa, who guessed correctly in our trivia answer, Bernie. Now, this is a, a big one right here as far as trivia goes, because what we got a chance to hear is uh, the eight different times that uh, the Sun Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, has eclipsed 50,000 fans. Tell us a little bit about this one right here. You know, that was, that was pretty good. You know, the, the, the stadium expanded in 1984. Uh, I remember in 1983 was the first day, uh, first year that I was involved with the Sun Bowl, and it was under construction. But 1984, uh, it was the first time <clears throat> that the stadium had been expanded to over 50,000, and that was the first time that it eclipsed 50,000. So, in 1984, the Maryland Tennessee was 50,126, and that was followed the very next year, uh, in in 2000, in in 1985 with Arizona and Georgia, and then from there it went to UCLA Northwestern. Uh, in, 19, in 2005, and then Michigan State USC uh, also uh, had, a, had a, over 50. That was 50,500. Texas, North Carolina, that automatically, you could, anybody would guess, that was going to draw a huge crowd. Arizona State, Purdue, uh, and that was uh, Jerry Rubens, I believe, first year as a title sponsor, and he, bought, he, he, he sold it out for us, 51,000. And then one of the best football games, Sun Bowl football games ever, I thought, was in 2009 when Oklahoma and Stanford played with a 31-27 game, yeah. Oklahoma winning. Of course, we thought, how are we going to beat this one? And, of course, the following year we followed up with Notre Dame in Miami, and that sets the all-time Sun Bowl record for any event at 54,021. So congratulations, Frank, on, on, getting, the, on getting those. And uh, will you have two tickets? to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. I'm going to ask you a, a Notre Dame-Miami uh, question later on, and I, I'm going to jot that down so I don't forget it. But before we do that, let's do let's do what we were uh, intending to do here in this segment. It's our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. If uh, people are tuning in for the first time, every week we bring on a celebrity picker, and uh, they guess the games with us. Uh, Bernie, tell uh, give us the details of uh, our celebrity guest and what what uh, what kind of is at stake here with our with our picker. Well, again, uh, every the the winner, the weekly winner, will get two tickets to the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl. But if they outpick our celebrity winner, Chick Fil A will throw an extra family pack of uh, Chick Fil A dinners, you know, along with the two tickets. So, uh, so that take it serious. We have we've had some tremendous, uh, some great guests, and I don't think this one here tops them tops them quite a bit. They're just right up at the top. Oh yeah. And we're talking of none other than Coach Mike Price, our former UTEP UTEP football coach. And Coach, thanks for joining us. Well, I'm good at this picking games. Uh, I, uh, you know, as a football coach, it was illegal to bet on any games, do any betting at all. <laughs> we understand so I that. Was really, <laughs> I was really lousy, you know. And then my next-door neighbor, who, who um, just a fisherman, he doesn't know anything about football, and I, we, get, we bet on every game uh, <laughs> last year, and uh, he he uh, beat me with twenty by twenty one bucks. I lost. Oh, geez. He'd pick on like uh, he would pick. Okay, I'll take the team on the left. <laughs> Everybody on the left, and he'd win. And then the next time, say I got the uh, everyone that has a home game, and he won that one. And he won. And, and everyone that was a religious school, <laughs> That's... and he won that one. He was just killing me. But I'm back after it now, so I'm I'm warmed up this 
you know, I'm doing pretty good. Well, you you probably got some tips off the fishermen, so that was that's a big thing right there, Coach. Uh, before we get into this in the into this segment, I uh, want to ask you as you look from afar, you watch your your son coach here at UTEP as a special teams coach, uh, and uh, you watch the miners how they've kind of turned things around early into their season, three and three overall. Just your thoughts on UTEP football and what you've gotten a chance to see. Well, I've seen every game. That's what's so great about. TV coverage now you can, or you know, get it on your phone. I got one game I had to get on my phone, but all the rest I've watched, and uh, um, it, it's been a. This last game was exciting too, so it's been an exciting year. Let one game slip by here, but that we I felt like we should have won, but uh, uh, I think we're doing just fine, and and uh, we need to finish strong. No and, doubt, you know, and and as we talked about, uh, special teams is really up to up to this year, and I know that uh, I know Aaron is is, is the uh, special teams coach, and what a, what a turnaround that has been. Well, I just see where that this last week he got again for the third time a player from uh, UTEP got special teams player of the week in the conference. So um, Aaron's doing a good job coaching those guys. They half the game, half the games this season have gone to UTEP players in that category of special teams. So uh, he knows what he's doing when it comes to special teams, Aaron does. Like I said, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, Coach. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> coach, let's get into this. Let's talk some Week 6 college football picks here on the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. We'll cue you up here for your picks, uh, but we'll go off for our first one. It's Louisville and Virginia. This one kicks off Saturday, October 8th, 10 in the morning. Uh, this one kicks off. This is a big one. We'll start with you, Coach. Louisville, Virginia, who you got? Well, um, both teams are not doing as great as I thought they would, but I'm going to go with uh, Louisville. Uh, they've got a great quarterback down there, and I know that they're, they've struggled a little bit this year, but uh, I think he's the guy that's going to get it done for him. I'm going to go with Louisville as well. Bernie? I agree that uh, they got a great quarterback, but I'm going with a home team this week, and I'm going to go with Virginia. All right. Okay, we got it. So we, we have a, a difference there. But let's go to our next game. It's a, it's featuring two ranked opponents. I'm so fired up about this one. Pac-12's finest in uh, number 11, Utah, going up against number 18, UCLA. Uh, the Bruins coming off a big uh, week, as we mentioned, in their victory, their upset victory against Washington. While on the other end, Utah dismantled Oregon State. Bernie, we'll start off with you. Who you have in this one? You know, I'm... I'm I'm going to go with Utah's defense. I, I just think their defense is, is really good, and I think Utah will stop a really good offense. And I know UCLA is on a roll, but I think it's going to come to, come to an end this week, and I'm going with the Utes. All right, Coach Price, who do you have in this one? This one's a tough one for me. I, I really enjoy the Utah staff, and, and they do a great job uh, down there. Um, and usually it's not a big deal playing in the Rose Bowl because they get a lousy crowd, but they've been – pumping that this game up but i i'm still going with you utah they're just uh, too good i think 
That's a great pick right there. I'm going the other way, though, Coach. I'm going with number 18 UCLA on this one. Uh, I still think the Bruins are going to ride that momentum. They might do it in front of you know only 400 fans, unfortunately for them, but uh, I, think the, I think the Bruins will get it done. Let's go to the next game. It's an ACC matchup. North Carolina taking on Miami. This one taking place 2 o'clock local time. Uh, we'll start off with you, Coach Price. North Carolina, Miami, who you have? Well, I'm a big Mac Brown fan, the biggest, and uh, uh, Miami's down a little bit, but uh, I've always liked uh, that powder blue, so I'm going with uh, North Carolina. Bernie, who you have? You know, I think Miami is, has, has, a, has, has had a rough time. Uh, not The record doesn't indicate what they thought they were going to be. They're 2-2. Two and two. Right. Uh, I think, I, I, like I said, I'm a huge uh, Mac Brown fan as well. And one of these days, I hope we get him down here. But uh, this week, I think at home, I think Miami is going to take this one. So I'm going to, I I'm hate to go against a fellow Texan like Mac Brown, but. But uh, I've got to win this thing, so I'm going with Miami. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to stick with Miami as well, uh, Bernie. Uh, you know, I think they're just kind of due for a, for a win to come up their way. They're 2-2 two and two on the season right now. Had some disappointing losses early on, but still have some talent across that roster. I'm going to go with the U. Uh, let's go over to the AC, another ACC matchup. This one kicking off 2 o'clock local time here um, on Saturday, uh, and it features Duke and Georgia Tech. Now, an interesting matchup right here. Here, as uh, the Blue Devils of Duke are four and one on the year, uh, they're one and zero in ACC play. While Georgia Tech right now checks in at two and three, but coming off a big win last week against Pitt, uh, Bernie, we'll start off with you. Who do you have between Duke and Georgia Tech? I'm going with the Blue Devils. I know Georgia Tech had a new coach, and they came out and they beat and they 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 showed what they can do, but I think. Uh, it's going to, they're, going to, they're going to be a little down a little bit, even though they're at home. I'm going with I'm going with the Blue Devils. Okay, Coach Price, who do you have in this one? I'm going with Blue Devils all the way, also. That makes three of us. I'm going with Duke as well. So uh, we are all unanimous on Duke. Uh, let's go over to another Pac-12 matchup. Now this is an interesting one as well. Number 21 Washington trying to bounce back after a tough loss against uh, UCLA, going up against Arizona State in this one. This is uh, taking place out in Tempe, Arizona, a two o'clock local kickoff for this game. Bernie, who do you have between the Sun Devils and uh, and of course the Huskies? I, I think this is the lock of the week. I'm going with Washington. Yeah, I think this one's pretty easy. I've got Washington as well. Coach Price. You know, I, I wouldn't cheer for the Huskies if they were rowing <laughs> and rowing against Russia. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't mean I'm not going to pick them, but it means I'm not cheering for them. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess I got to pick the Huskies too. All right, that's awesome. All right, let's go to another ACC matchup. It's number five Clemson looking for real right now, unbeaten five and zero, taking on a Boston College squad who's coming off a big win against Louisville last week. Just a back and forth game all around. Uh, let's start off with you, Coach Price. Who do you have between number five Clemson on the road against Boston College? Oh, I'm even though it's uh, up in Boston, you know, uh, it could be a tough place to play, but. Uh, Clemson's the best football team and should win. All right, Bernie, who do you have in this one? No, no argument there. Uh, it, it's Clemson big. Yeah, I got Clemson big as well. That makes three of us. Let's move on. Let's go to the next game. Uh, Washington State. 
familiar name right there. Going up against number cool. six, USC, uh, Coach Price. I'll turn it over to you. Are you picking against the Cougars in this one? Oh, man. How can I <laughs> pick against my Cougars? But, God, have you heard that fight song enough at USC? Oh, yeah. And I don't want to hear it again. Ad nauseum, so yes. Definitely, I'm going with the Cougars all the way. I just can't I, I can't take that fear that fight song. So, um, big upset here. Washington State's going to win. All right, Bernie. Well, I've got a big lunch riding on these on these picks, so I've I've got to, I've got to pick with 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 my head, not my heart. And you know, I I love the Cougs. They were just here last year. Uh, I love them. I loved them ever since I met you when you were down there. But I, I've got to go with USC as far as the winner. I, you know what? I really like Cameron Ward, that quarterback out at Washington State, yeah. but but not enough, unfortunately, to beat uh, the sixth-ranked USC Trojans. Caleb Williams, the quarterback, is just outstanding. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, is uh, exceptional as well with uh, USC. I've got the Trojans at home in this one. Uh, let's move on to another ACC matchup. This one could get good if, if things break right for the Seminoles as they travel on the road against number 14 NC State, which, by the way, the Wolfpack – uh, coming off a tough loss against Clemson last week. Florida State coming off a tough loss against Wake Forest. Bernie, we'll turn it over to you. Who do you have in this one? Yeah, bo- both of them had some, some, some pretty tough losses. Uh, I thought NC State could actually beat, to beat Clemson. Uh, I thought they were going to do it. They didn't, so I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll, you know, they'll have a revenge factor here and I think they're going to take it out on Florida State. I'm going I'm going with NC State. Yeah, I'm going with the 14th ranked Wolfpack as well. Uh coach Price, who do you have between NC State Florida State? Well, I wanted to help somebody out with some Chick-fil-A sandwiches, you know, but uh, uh some additional ones, but uh, I think I'm going to stay with you guys and go with the uh, uh North Carolina State. All right, sounds good. Let's move on to another game. This one out of the Pac-12, number 12 Oregon up against Arizona. Now, uh, while the Wildcats are still kind of trying to rebuild and uh, you know trying to bounce back after a tough season last year, they're three and two on the year. They just beat uh, Colorado forty-three to twenty. Jaden Delora, hey, we talked Washington State before. He's over there now with Arizona. He had four hundred eighty-four passing yards last week and six total touchdowns, along with former minor wide receiver Jacob Cowing at Arizona right now, who uh, just had eight hundred eighty receiving yards last week and a touchdown to go along with that outstanding performance but on the other side with Oregon you look at their squad right now and they are right now 4-1 and one on the year uh, 13th ranked in, in the country they just beat Stanford 45-27 didn't really have a problem with Stanford in that game whatsoever Bernie number 12 Oregon or the unranked Arizona Wildcats well like I said I think Arizona is, is much much better than they were last year and I think they're improving game by game but uh, they're going against the number 12 team in the country, and even though it's at home, I think, I think the Ducks will prevail here. Okay, Coach Price, who do you have in this one? I'm still mad at those two guys for leaving. <laughs> uh, Delora leaving at Washington State, and then Cowley. I mean, just think how good uh, UTEP would be this year with him, but uh, he took his trades, uh, his, his skills someplace else, so, and it's Arizona, so I'm, I'm not going with them. Oregon's going to win that game. I love that you mentioned that, Coach. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one out of the Pac-12. It's Oregon State against Stanford. Two unranked opponents right here, both coming off losses from last week. This is the nightcap. This one kicks off at nine o'clock local time. Uh, we'll start with you, Coach Price. Oregon State or Stanford? 
Stay up late. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be close, but it's Oregon State all the way. All right, Bernie. I agree. And like I said, we've become really good friends with Stanford. They've been here a few times. And Coach Shaw is one of the nicest coaches I've ever had to deal with at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. But, but they're having a down year. Uh, they're having a down year. Oregon State is playing some pretty good football right now. I'm going, I'm going with the Beavers. We can see the Beavers here at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl when it's all said and done. If, they, if things break right, uh, right I, I will take uh, the Beavers of Oregon State in this one as well. We're all unanimous. The last thing that we have to pick today, guys, the total number of points that will be scored during the number 11 Utah game going up against number 18 UCLA. Bernie, we'll start it off with you. How many to- total points do we get in this? one i'm going under 60 i'm going with 58 wow i had 57 that's so weird <laughs> uh coach price what, what do you have in this one total points i'm going 56 oh man this is amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, uh, th- hey, Coach, thank you so much for joining this. Coach uh, Coach Mike Price joining us here on the phone lines Great. as we continue. Uh, this was awesome to do it with you. Great to catch up with you. And, hey, I hope we see you here in El Paso in the next couple of weeks or, or months. I am. I'm going to be there in, a, in two weeks. I'm going to come in for the two home games in a row that, that – uh the miners have. Oh, and that's after great. The Boise State. I'll just tell you something. This, this uh, I laughed like crazy about it. After the Boise State game, you know, everybody's all fired up, and so so I'm playing around on my phone, and I get the call-in show, <laughs> the call-in show. Okay, and I'm okay. listening. To everybody calling in, and I was. It was just hilarious. Cause Everyone was a minor that night. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! Oh yeah! And, oh yeah! And we're fi- with them all the way. And fifty-five thousand people coach. were there. And fifty-five thousand <laughs> people were there to watch exactly. that game. Oh yeah, oh, I, yeah was I was there. there I night. was there that night, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> coach, I've yeah, I've hosted exactly. this show for three years now. The the minor talk, the call-in show that you're referencing, and I've never had more people call in when I knew I knew for a fact that person who called in was not yeah. at the game and probably didn't even watch <laughs> the game. I know it. I know it. It was hilarious. But uh, that's all right, man. Those minor fans, uh, they're with you all the way. Oh, man. Well, Coach, thank you so much again. You've been great, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to seeing you soon when you come here to El Paso. Okay, we sure will. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Hey, Bernie, before we wrap things up here on our weekly Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch, I want to talk about punt, pass, and kick. It's coming up Tuesday. Give us the details on this. This is a big event that everybody should keep in mind. Absolutely. The, the uh, Peter Piper Pizza, uh, punt, pass, and kick. Tuesday from 5 to 7. Again, anybody, boys and girls, ages 6 through 15, there's six categories, 5, to, five and 6-year-olds, uh, no, six and seven year olds, eight and nine year olds, 10, 11, 12, and 13, 14, 15. It costs absolutely nothing. Everybody will get a t shirt, a water bottle, they'll get something to drink. Every, you know, the top three uh, 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 competitors in each division will get medals. The top the winner in each division will get to ride in the parade. We'll have the opportunity to ride in the parade on Thanksgiving Day. And nice. they will also get a couple of tickets and be recognized at the Tony the Tiger Sumble football game. So head on down to any Peter Piper Pizza, register there. Uh, no purchase necessary. Uh, it is free, to, It is free, and all you need is a proof of, uh, of uh, uh, age and spikeless shoes. You cannot wear any spikes during this competition. So come on out. It'll, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, it was Tuesday at the Sun Bowl Stadium. Uh, that's awesome. Out. I can't wait. Pump, pass, and kick. It's always a great time every year. Bernie, before we let you go, I have to bring this up because it, it's it's eating at me. And it, it, I thought about this all day since you sent me over the trivia. That Notre Dame-Miami game had probably 
a million stories, right? Like everybody has their own story to it. Like I, I remember mine. I was there with my family. Like family came in for Notre Dame, uh, you know, alum and some some of my family who actually went to Notre Dame at the time. They all fly in as we're walking to the stadium. I look to my left. It's Mike Golick. I say hi to him. I'm like, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm like 10 years old, but I, I know everything that's going on because I was a huge football fan. I wasn't Lane Frank, but I was, you know, I was a football fan. Bernie, what are some of the stories you have from that one? Just kind of reflecting back. Just knowing how many people there, I I loved it because of how many people there really were at that one. Well, my biggest memory of that game was not at the game; it was on Championship Saturday a month before. Okay, and we knew that we had a shot at Notre Dame, but there was four games that were being played that day that had to go our way. Four, we had to go four for four. Oh man! And if one of those went the other way the Holiday Bowl was going to get Notre Dame. Well, the first three went our way. The, the first one was, was a wipeout, not a problem. So was the second one. The third one was pretty close, but it went. So we had one more game to go that had to go our way, and that was the Apple Cup. And Washington State had to win. But Washington had the ball first and goal. Washington State was leading by about three and Washington scored with about a minute and 10 seconds to go, and I thought it was gone. And Mike Leach, in two plays, went the length of the field, and they won at the end of the game. Wow. <laughs> and I knew then that I think, I think, I think we have Notre Dame. Sure enough, the next day when I got the call, I said, okay, these teams are available. Who do you get? And, I, and they said Notre Dame was available, and I just went nuts. And I was, standing at, I was standing on the boarding line at DFW Airport coming back from the ACC championship game. So that's the biggest memory I had. Had it not been for that, four games had to go our way in order for us to get Notre Dame, and they all went. Wow, that's an unbelievable story. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to just make a Mike Leach a Sun Bowl legend just based off that story right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Bernie, thank you so much for joining us each and every week like you do. And uh, had a lot of fun today. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be here. This is fun. All right. It's our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. You could play online right now. Just go to sunbowl.org slash contest, and you could sign up today. Play for free and see if you get more uh, picks right than me, Bernie, Steve, and, of course, uh, Coach Mike Price. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to wrap up hour number two and get ready. It's UTEP Volleyball Head Coach Ben Wallace coming up at the top of the hour right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, back here, back on Sports Talk. Special thanks to Executive Director of the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Bernie Olivas. Special thanks to Angel Munoz and, of course, UTEP Zay joining us in the booth as well and uh, helping us out here on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue and get ready for a big three uh, third hour here on Sports Talk. Adrian Broaddus here hosting in uh, in place of Steve Kaplowitz. He's celebrating Yom Kippur tonight, and uh, we will we will hear back from him uh, tomorrow. He'll be back in action for, for, for a full show, 4 to 7. Uh, Ed McDonald tweets, the show. Always a pleasure to hear from Coach Price. Thanks, Bernie, as well. Go Kate at NCAA football. That's coming from Ed McDonald. Um, yeah, Coach Price was amazing. I mean, just hearing him, and I honestly, this was live reaction. Like, I didn't know he was going to be the celebrity pick uh, until we, we got started with this segment. So, um, hearing that he was joining us as a celebrity guest was uh, awesome. I mean, it's always great to talk to Coach Price, and um, 
Yeah, when he's back later this month uh, for those two home games for UTEP, we're gonna we'll, we'll definitely work on getting him in the studio and uh, and and talking to him at length uh, about this UTEP football. I love that. Okay, seriously, when Coach Price is is uh, out here chiming in on minor talk, he's saying I stuck around after the Boise game and I'm listening to the Collins show. I mean, come on, man, that's like one of those like really like that's awesome. That, that was really fun. That was awesome to hear. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of geeking right now just knowing it's uh, it's Mike Price. He's kind of that legend. In, in in terms of uh, college football, and uh, yeah, he's giving giving props on the college show. That was hilarious. Uh, ben Wallace, UTEP volleyball coach, is going to join us in our next hour. Uh, can't wait to have this discussion. This is going to be great because when it comes to uh, UTEP women, uh, UTEP volleyball, they host number twenty two Rice this weekend. A huge matchup. It goes without saying. So we will really look forward to our conversation coming up next hour with UTEP volleyball coach Ben Wallace coming up next, and then uh, also right after that, we're going to have. Two men's basketball players, Shamar Givens, Jonathan Dos Anjos. Uh, those are two of maybe um, you know couple different players that you can look at at least right as of now who could be impact players when it's all said and done for this men's basketball squad. Uh, also want to point you to our website 600ESPNElPaso.com put up some articles on UTEP footballs. UTEP Zay has an article talking about stock up, stock down his weekly column talking some UTEP uh, football and then also uh, we've got some uh, Gavin Beckley love from Steve Kaplowitz that's up on our website as well 600ESPNElPaso.com Want to get to this story. Uh, we don't have enough time to spend on this. I do want to spend more time on this tomorrow. Uh, this coming in from Bob Moore from the awesome, awesome publication, El Paso Matters. If you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend it, elpasomatters.com. does great local journalism here in the city. Uh, Bob Moore tweets, El Paso business leaders Miguel Fernandez and Josh Hunt create a minor collective which is a nonprofit that will raise money for name image likeness deals for UTEP men's basketball players. He says, I believe this is the first NIL effort for UTEP's men's basketball program. Uh, That's coming from Bob Moore on Twitter. This is massive news. And the the thing that I, I wrote right off this is, um, number one, UTEP has had small NIL deals with some previous players, but nothing on this level. We're talking about a collective unit of, of kind of a fund that could pay money to some of the UTEP men's basketball players by raising money for name, image, likeness deals. This is huge because you look across college sports, Texas Tech has something similar like this for their football players where they pay all their football players. It's not just one guy. They pay everybody across the board a set amount. SMU has similar things built up within their football program. And now we're seeing something built for the UTEP men's basketball program. This allows UTEP to be very competitive when it comes to things like building these NIL deals. Uh, I'm not talking about necessarily recruiting guys, but maybe retaining guys. Uh, People have left in uh, years past and you know you you see Sule Boom. He was the leading scorer last year. He ends up leaving leaving for Xavier. You see Bryson Williams two years ago. He leaves the program for Texas Tech. UTEP has had their best players leave year after year from this men's basketball program. Maybe this is a way to kind of retain those players and not allow them to leave. So I don't know how this necessarily works. I'm so interested to learn more about what this could be. Again, Josh Hunt, Miguel Fernandez, El Paso business leaders, creating Minor Collective, which is a nonprofit, raising money for name, image, likeness deals for UTEP men's basketball players. Coming back, hour number three, right around the corner, UTEP volleyball coach Ben Wallace is next, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Final hour here of Sports Talk as we continue. Adrian Bratis. 
along with Angel Munoz. UTEP Zay joining us as well, our fall intern. Let's head back to the phone lines right now, and let's welcome on none other than UTEP Volleyball Head Coach Ben Wallace. A huge weekend coming up for the Miners, as uh, they have had their best start to Conference USA since joining the conference back in 2005. They are 4-0 in conference play thus far, and this weekend they host number 22, uh, that is Rice. Uh, The UTEP Volleyball team has six straight wins under their belt, but but Saturday's matchup is going to be big out at Memorial Gyms. Tickets are on sale right now. It's a noon start. Coach, thank you so much for joining us here on the phones uh, and, and joining us to talk some volleyball. How are things going with you guys? You know, it's going well, man. We uh, we had a, a longer, tougher practice today. We beat the crap out of them a little bit because we gave them a couple of days off and just tried to rest their bodies. But kind of wanted to shock them back into you know the, the task that is at hand on Saturday, which is playing against a really physical, tough, defensive-minded team in Rice. And so we wanted to kind of set the, set the tone early. And uh, we got out there and beat them up a little bit and then prepared for uh, a really tough and uh, talented opponent in the Rice Owls on Saturday. I can hear the intensity in your tone right now, Coach, so I, I, I get this. But uh, coming off a huge weekend, uh, you beat out La Tech on Friday, and then you turn around and beat out North Texas as well in, in really a back-and-forth matchup uh, that, that came down to the bitter end. Talk. Let's talk about Sunday specifically before we get into La Tech. Uh, you're up 2-0 in the first two sets, then you, you uh, drop the next two after that, but then you win the last set in such a valiant effort. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about this matchup against North Texas and what it was all about. You know, since we've uh, taken the program over here at uh, UTEP since 2019, we've only lost one time in North Texas in the, I think in the nine matchups that we've had with them since, uh, since 19. So we have a little bit of a rivalry, a good rivalry with North Texas. And, um, that while they have a new coaching staff and five or six new transfer players that are, uh, on their team this year, they know that, it, you know, anytime you play another team in the state of Texas, uh, that's in your conference, it becomes a rivalry and a matchup that you don't want to lose. Uh, they're also pretty similar in, in a lot of ways to us, uh, in a two setter offense. Uh, with you know, with six attackers all the time, and they're extremely athletic. And so, when you know, watching them on film, I didn't sleep very much that week, knowing that uh, North Texas was going to give us some fits. And I was, I wasn't surprised that we went up 2-0, but I was definitely, uh, you know, knowing knowing their their roster and how good they can be. I knew they were going to come back and make it close. And I had been preaching to my team all week, like this is going to be a a war. I had been telling everybody that I spoke to that wanted to come watch the game. I said, this is going to be a war, so just get ready for a five-set barn burner, and all we need to do is find a way to scrap out a way at the end, and that's what that's what we ended up doing. And they're, they're crazy athletic. They've got four or five transfer kids from really good programs, power five programs, uh, that, uh, that Christy Porter brought in, new coaching staff. And so they were salty, man. They were competitive, and they gave us everything we could handle, but we were able to scrap out a win at home against a really good opponent who's going to continue to win in Conference USA. They're 2-2 two and two right now, but their two losses are to us and to Rice, and they're going to beat a lot of teams in Conference USA and give themselves a chance to win 
the conference uh, or be very highly ranked at the end of the year. You know, I, I look at this one, just a tightly contested matchup like we, we just spoke about, against a quality opponent. I, I take everybody back to September September 23rd when you also pulled out a tight win at FIU uh, in three sets to two. And that those two uh, matches in particular, that shows me one thing. It shows me maturity within your program that you're able to pull these wins out in, in tight situations. What is that do in confidence and just kind of building momentum to know what to do in those tightly contested matchups? Well, you know, even before those two five set wins, you got to go look back at our record earlier in the year in the matches in uh, the second week in the season when we lost 2018 to UNM. We lost 15 12, I think, to Portland State, and then we lost 16 14 or maybe 17 17 15 to to uh, South Dakota, and all three teams are top 100 teams. All three teams are playing very well, and those bothered us. I mean, those those sent us firing a little a little bit that weekend. You know, I, I scheduled that weekend really tough for a reason. All, nobody really, when you look at the volleyball schedule, you look at those opponents and you don't think they're very good, but they're very, very good. I think they come have a combined loss total, those three teams, of five. Wow. So uh, amongst those three teams, they have five losses on the year, and so – uh, you know, the next weekend we went to Tulsa and lost to a good Tulsa team and then beat uh, Abilene Christian and uh, Oral Robertson on the following weekend, lost another uh, match to uh, another five-set match. And so we were just really struggling to learn how to win and not, not lose those matches. And so to start conference play with two five-set wins over two quality opponents, it, it came down to learning those, those lessons and also the ways that we faltered early in the year with a young team. We started four freshmen Recently, we started up to five freshmen uh, at, at any given point in time this year in our matches. And so we've got a few veterans mixed in with a lot of young people that are playing very well. And so we're starting to really operate like the team that I felt like we could be uh, this summer. Uh, but I knew we were going to take our lumps. I knew that we were going to have the, the bumps in the road, you know, having so many young people. And uh, so that's, that's kind of, we're kind of turning a page right now and winning those five-set matches that you're alluding to. And so it's nice to be able to fall back on those experiences from early in the year where we lost in those matches, and we've learned a lot from them. We've watched the film. We've, we've reinvented ourselves offensively in a lot of ways, and we're actually about to get more healthy and get a veteran, another, another veteran back in Tory Price that could turn our, our roster uh, into a, even a little bit more dangerous uh, obstacle for other teams as well. Oh, that's great news right there. And you talked a little bit about just the freshmen who are stepping up. You also mentioned playing well. Uh, two of your players this week were uh, honored by Conference USA. Uh, you had Sarah, who was named Conference USA uh, Player of the Week. and uh, Or, excuse me, she was the Conference USA Freshman of the Week. And then you had Torrance, who was named Offensive Player of the Week. Tell us a little bit about those players and, and what they mean to your team. Yeah, you know, Torrance uh, has been playing really well for us. She, it's, it's kind of a, a funny analogy or cliche, I guess, but she's been on a torrid pace, haha, so to speak. Um, but, you know, she has back-to-back players of the week offensively for the conference. She's put up crazy good numbers as an outside hitter for us. And her counterpart, uh, the player that she plays right next to in the lineup uh, as an outside hitter, is another freshman, Sarah Pustakia, who's our Serbian uh, youngster that both of them are playing very well. The reasons why they're playing well is because we've got veterans on the other side of the floor that allow for them to do things, and, uh, and, and we're working in conjunction with each other now, and we're operating better. Our pieces are more well-oiled now. Where early in the year, they were squeaky. Uh, they were just, we were just putting the parts in place, and they weren't working properly. We just didn't know how to really 
uh, operate as a team yet. And so those two young people, and to go along with Kyle Weaver and also Maddie Gant, there are four freshmen that are starting for us that are really helping us win and do, do things at a high level. And that's been helping our veterans just take a big, deep breath and go, look, these young people are doing their job. They're operating well. We don't have to worry about them as much as we did early in the year. And cohesively as a, as a team, they're starting to operate better as a, as a culture, as a unit. And that's really why you're seeing the, the six-game win streak happen because we're just starting to understand how to win, win at a better level. UTEP Volleyball Head Coach Ben Wallace joining us on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, the volleyball squad has number 22 Rice coming to town, Memorial Gym. It's this Saturday at noon. You can get your tickets right now at Ticketmaster.com starting at just $8. It's such an affordable deal to go watch uh, the UTEP Volleyball Program battle it out against one of the best, not just in conference USA, but across the country. Uh, Let's go over to our fall intern, UTEP Zay. He has a question for Coach Wallace. UTEP Zay, go ahead. So, um, Coach Wallace, Zay here. So, you've worked around this area. You know, you worked at UNM and MSU before taking the UTEP job. How has that experience, you know, helped you, you know, rebuilding UTEP, working around this area? I lose you guys. Oh, did you did you lose us for a second, Coach? Uh, we just had UTEP yeah. Zay asking a little bit, uh, asking a question about you, how your experience uh, in your past uh, coaching at New Mexico and New Mexico State has helped you kind of uh, rebuild this program here at UTEP. You know, I, I, I fall back on that experience a lot, uh, especially my time in New Mexico State, because I learned a lot about game management, um, you know, in-game tactics, ways to attack the other team in, in terms of trying to stop them it's really important to me and our our team our program we talk a lot about uh, opponent hitting percentage in our practices we talk a lot about stopping people so right now in the conference rice is number one in the conference and we're number two in the conference in opponent hitting percentage which is you know that's blocking digging serving that's stopping the other team from doing what they want and so i learned a lot about that in my time at new mexico state you know with mike as my mentor and uh, that's what I did when I was there for a long time was the defensive coordinator for him. And so when it, we brought that over to, um, you know, to our, our program here at UTEP, it's taken us a couple of years to start to figure out how to really climb up the ranks there in opponent hitting percentage. And generally every year, Rice is, what, Rice is near the top because they're such a good defensive team. So that experience right now is helping us because our team has really started to, especially this year's team, has started to really take it personally uh, at making the other team uncomfortable. And offensively, we're starting to kind of hit our stride right now. But all year, we've been doing a good job of holding teams to a lower percentage. So something's got to give on Saturday because, you know, on Saturday, that's two of the top teams in the conference playing each other and stopping each other. So somebody's going to have to lose. And it's going to come down to, uh, you know, really close scores, um, an athletic special play from a special player, and it's going to be a tightly contested match against two really good teams. Coach, I want to also ask you a little bit more about uh, Rice. Last year you took them to a five-set game, narrow loss. But what, do you throw out the film from that one, or do you kind of take uh, certain things from that match and kind of learn a little bit more going into this week? Oh, no, for sure we take stuff from it. I mean, they're, you know, when you watch the UNT match, we throw that out because they had a whole new roster. I mean, they had a five or six new transfer kids. They play a different style, had a new coaching staff. But this team, besides graduating a couple of their of their you know vital players and Nicole Lennon, who was a four-time All-American um, and a and a defensive specialist that played for them, they've got a pretty similar roster with a very similar coaching staff. And so you do watch that match and you figure out what things went well. Where will we where will we be able to stop them? Where will we be able to score against them? 
And so, you know, we definitely pull that match up and then try to compare it to uh, a lot of the things that they're doing this year. So they're pretty similar in some ways. Uh, they don't rely as heavily on one person. They actually are a little more balanced this year than they have been in past because uh, they don't have one, you know, amazing special outside hitter that can score on her own whenever she wants. And so they're relying more heavily on all five of their attackers and their setter to score on their own, which is, you know, it's, it gives them more balance. It makes them harder to defend. Uh, but they're also a little bit more mortal in some ways because Nicole Allen was such a special player. She was able to get seven kills in that fifth set last year on her own. And so I'm, I sleep a little better at night knowing that she's not playing against us on Saturday, even though they still have plenty of special players there on Rice's roster. Uh, again, it's Saturday at noon, Memorial Gym, UTEP Volleyball, their best start to conference, you say. Let's see if they can keep it up. They're taking on number 22, Rice, uh, this weekend. Again, Saturday at noon at Memorial Gym. Coach, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Uh, best of luck to your team this weekend. And, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. We're really, uh, you know, our crowds have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Every year we've, uh, you know, we're near the top of the conference or or in number one uh, in attendance in Conference USA play because we have such an exciting team. If you haven't come out and watched our team play yet, every single match I have two or three people come down to me out of the stands and say, hey, coach, I've never been to a college volleyball match, uh, but we're coming back where you've got four or five new fans for life now. These matches were so exciting. It's fun to watch the the high level of talent and and athleticism here. And they're just shocked at how exciting our team is. So knowing that, I know just today, Sam West with our ticket guy, our ticket office said that we sold over 300 tickets just today for the game. That's great news. Tickets and stuff. So that's a big deal. We want everybody to come out and cheer us on. And, and, you know, win, lose, or draw, we're going to have an an amazing environment and we're going to have a great uh, couple of college volleyball teams beating the mess out of each other this weekend and you can't go wrong doing that on a Saturday afternoon. So hopefully we can get everybody in the city out and cheer us on this weekend. Looking forward to it, Coach. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Adrian. All right, that's UTEP uh, head coach Ben Wallace for the volleyball program as they're taking on Rice this weekend, the 22-ranked the twenty two ranked team in the nation. Saturday at noon, you get tickets on U- online at utepminers.com. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we've got two UTEP basketball individuals who just joined us in our Lubingo studios. You'll get to meet them and hear about the second week of practice as we continue right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here. Along with Angel Munoz, UTEP Zay back in the building as well, filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today. Uh, we're it's time to welcome on two new UTEP men's basketball players. It's, it's so interesting to say that, but uh, getting a chance to meet uh, both uh, Shamar and Jonathan over the break and, and talk a little UTEP hoops. But uh, you know, I, I'm really fired up for this UTEP basketball season, year two under head coach Joe Golding, and. Uh, it's a lot of new faces. You got ten uh, new uh, scholarship players. You got three new walk-ons uh, coming into the mix as well. And uh, joining us today, Jonathan Dos Anjos, and then of course Shamar Givens joining us here in our Lubingo studios. Jonathan, uh, Shamar, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for being here. How's it going? How's it going, you guys? Uh, everything good. We're doing good. Yeah. yeah. Week two of practice. Yeah, it's been pretty good, man. I appreciate you for having us. Uh, it's been tough. Uh, just going through week two of practice, uh, we've just been uh, working defensively and just um, just grinding every day. You know, uh, everybody else got the same amount of practices in the country, so we just try to work harder every day and just get better. One percent, every better. That's our motto. Okay, I, I need to hear before we get started or anything. Let, let's break the ice. Let's let's hear the the Joe Golding story that got you to UTEP. Like you, every, everybody has that story where he, he looks at you or he sa- he says one thing to you and you're like. 
Uh, I don't I don't know about this guy, but I trust him. Like I, I, he's telling me all these these different things. Tell me the Joe Golding story, Shamar, and then and then you, Jonathan. Oh, my, it was pretty funny. When I come here, I pretty much ask coach like to come here. I want to finish in my school, get my degree next year, and I want to play, be a professional. So pretty much he told me like, I got you. If you come here, I'm um, gonna help you get your degree. You gonna get your degree, and you gonna play, and I'm gonna help you get to the next level like you wanted. Okay, I, I like that. That's a good pitch. That's a good sales pitch. I like that sales pitch. What was your What was the pitch for you, Shamar? Uh, to be honest, like the whole Porter process was pretty uh, stressful. I mean, like I had uh, pretty much a lot of coaches hitting me up, but just like um, coming on this visit, uh, I just felt genuine vibes from Coach Golden. Like I f- really felt like he wanted what's best for me, and I, I really felt that. So uh, when I came here, we just sat in the car, just talking it out, and like him filling out like uh, what he's wants for me and what I could do for the team and uh, I just felt like it was just perfect so he just expressed it really well uh, and repetitively so it was kind of funny I was like ah this guy's <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a little crazy but I really feel it you know it's really genuine vibes hey that's that's what he does right he kind of makes you like believe in a, in a weird way like he makes you want to run through a brick wall when you when you speak to him I'm, I'm kind of speaking on this like on the outside like I don't even I don't even know what goes on but I hear it like I see it at practice and stuff like that um now let's shift over to to a little bit on the portal side of things because I know it could get stressful. I know it's it's a little messy. What's it like working with just a full new base of players? Like just developing chemistry from the ground up, not knowing who who the person is next to you, but knowing that in six months that person will mean more to you than anything. Uh, we'll start with you, Shamar, and then we'll go to you, Jonathan. Uh, I mean, uh, just having a talk with Coach Golden, like he told me from the jump, like his recruiting process of trying to. Uh, not only recruit talent, but recruit uh, personality. So I feel like that's been pretty easy for us, uh, uh, chemistry-wise, of like building people with the same chemistry of like having grind of people who got it out the mud. So like uh, it's been easy because we all relate. And through the summer, I just feel like uh, we had like great chemistry. Uh, we bond together outside of practice. So I feel like just um, coach going to recruit recruiting process of building people who got the same personality has been a, a great benefit for us. Okay, so you got a lot of similarities. Would yeah. you agree, John? Yeah, I agree with him, especially me. I transferred twice before I came to Utah. So that's the first team that I see pretty much is like everybody born into it. Since we got here, look like we've been together for like almost a year, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So, so you know, you guys know each other. Yeah. All right, so let me shift it over because that's not a challenge. Chemistry isn't a challenge for you guys. But maybe what I'm gathering from, from just speaking to you guys, uh, moving around, being around different places could be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, Shamar, Canada, Washington, Indiana, all these different states. Now you're here in West Texas. What what's that like? I mean, uh, just bouncing around different place to place. Uh, I remember we we brought you on in the summer, and you were telling us just even visiting home has been a, a challenge for you. Yeah, so uh, that's why I really uh, didn't feel like like was worried about going far away, just because I've been away since I was 16 years old. So I feel like um, the location wasn't really a, a factor for me. So. Uh, just being around, I just felt like El Paso was like a great fit and like just going through adversity of um, not being able to go home during COVID those times. So I've been used to like not being able to be close. So now I understand. What about you, Jonathan? You you were you bounced around from California, Loyola, Marymount. Uh, by the way, L.A. crazy place to live, especially if you're coming near from Brazil. Uh, that that's a big uh, adjustment in itself. And you've been uh, in multiple places in Florida. Now you're here, West Texas, El Paso. 
Yeah, pretty much it's the same as him. Uh, we be away from home so long. Like since 16 years old, I'm in America. So wow. Yeah, I've been around here and being in El Paso is pretty much like a new place for me because I feel like it's different in America. The the rest of the place in America pretty much is their own country. That's how I feel El Paso is. Really? What's yeah. what's different about El Paso? Pretty much everybody around. Like I like the people. Everybody like. I feel like they have a great energy. You'll see, like, random okay. people going to the store. They smiling. They're not sad. You know what I mean? They say they hi to a, you. Yeah. They're welcoming. They, like, they have a pretty much good energy. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let, now let's talk a little bit about – let's talk a little hoops right now because uh, that's why we're here. We're here. It's uh, second week of UTEP men's basketball practice. You guys are getting ready for another big season. Um, you guys are, are uh, you know, projected to be integral parts of this team on, on both – and you guys play, va- uh, you know, very different positions. John, Jonathan in the front court, of course, you in the back court, Shamar. Uh, let, let's start with you, Shamar. Give us a little uh, – actually, you know what? Give us a little indication of what Jonathan's game is. We, we always usually ask, like, What's your game like? Describe Jonathan's game for us. What does he bring to the table? What what's his skill sets? Uh, I feel like John is a is a is a great four man. Just be able to be a threat on the outside, uh, the three. So pick and pop. Just being uh, able to shoot the ball really well for us and um, using them effectively off the pick and roll, especially uh, for guards like myself. It's good to have guys that if teams hedge, uh, I have John to give it out, and he has open shot. I know he's going to make it. So uh, John shoots the ball really well, and I feel like that's his game, and he got a good inside game, mid-range. So he's a good three-level scorer. Okay, okay. It speaks pretty highly. All right, John, I'll swing it over to you. Uh, let me he- Tell me a little bit about Shamar. I don't want to steal too much, but I- I've only heard that he-, he can attack the paint like no other. No, he definitely can. He can use it. Like, his side, he is small, but don't get wrong. He can get in the paint. He's a great passer. He can shoot. He really can control the floor. Like, he is really a general on the floor. And when I when I know Shamar got the ball, I'm pretty comfortable with whatever we're running. I know he's gonna make it the right decision, so we can make a great possession, get a great shot. Okay, I like it. You guys get a very friendly scouting reports on each other. I think that's that's pretty solid. Um, I want to shift it over to just this UTEP basketball team in general and, and kind of the history with UTEP hoops. Were you guys kind of aware of, of like where UTEP was on the history level? Um, I mean, of course, 66 is the big thing a lot of people in this town talk about, the national championship that UTEP has, uh, you know, as as previously known, Texas Western. But uh, what what did you guys kind of learn or, or hear about with the, with the history? And is that kind of, you know, energizing motivating to you all just knowing what kind of historic basketball program this really is uh i like uh yeah i heard about the national championship back in the day of course but just the culture in general and hear about the sports everybody comes to a football game basketball game it's pretty like great i really like that shamar um same as well i actually like a year ago i figured out about the movie Okay, uh, okay. So Glory Road, yeah. That. And then uh, also about Tim Hardaway, so uh, Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. Right there you there. go. So, and then just having friends that's from here and um, just knowing the culture about it. So they've been telling me about it, and I've heard a little bit about it. So it's been pretty good of knowing UTEP's basketball history. What, what's it like going to the bas- uh, football games for you guys? What do you What do you think about the football games? Uh, we went The North Texas game and uh, New Mexico State game was a pretty great crowd. Um, it's good to see how uh, – uh, we uh, have great supporters down here in this town, so um, I'm glad to see that. And, um, you know, it just shows that uh, UTEP um, has great supporters. Yeah, no, I get you. What about you, John? Oh, that was pretty much the first time I went to a real football game in the stadium. 
So wow, okay. Yeah, it was the it was a great first time. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, the fans, the supporter every day was great. I like it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, one of the things that a lot of people say in El Paso is uh, this this city will really support a winner. So, I mean, if you guys get it done on the court, fans will respond in a big way. Uh, turning it over to this season, uh, we're, we're getting ready for this big one. Let's reflect back on last year. Uh, Shamar, last year you, you uh, led Evansville uh, and, and really was a standout out there. Tell us a little bit about your college tenure thus far out there at Evansville and uh, what, you know, just the, the experience you've had at college. So far, uh, it's been it's been uh, it's been great. Um, unfortunately, it's been ups and downs. I mean, uh, being able to be on a team that beat the number one national team, Kentucky. Then uh, I remember I, I watched that game yeah. nationally. I think yeah. everybody watched that yeah, game. So it's big. So been at the top of the hell, also been at the bottom. So it's just been a great overall experience and um, just going through adversity, uh, just knowing that uh, there's wins and losses and it takes great effort. So. Um, just me being on this team, I know what it takes, and I got to be a leader to show these guys and um, be the right person for that. How does uh, losing or hitting adversity make you mentally tougher? Um, because you know, like no matter what what you do, you can't do it by yourself. It's like um, you got to be a great leader to show everybody. Everybody got to be on the same page. It's not a one man sport. It's um, everybody, coaches all the way to the managers. So um, it's a team sport. John, you went to Florida Southwestern College this past season, uh, starred for a, one of the best, if not the best, teams in all of uh, junior college. And you know, you had you you spent time at Loyola Marymount as well, the Division One program. So tell us about your college tenure so far. What it, what's it been like? Uh, like Shamar says, been a lot of up and downs. Especially me, uh, went to D one my freshman year. He jumped for JUCO. He'd be there for two years. It was kind of like a lot of uh, a biggest change. You know, especially because JUCO is different and the D1 is more aggressive. It's not as much, like, view pretty much on TV. So the guys is go harder itself. And coming here, pretty much, like, I see the difference now. Because JUCO kids, we we got the structure every time, but it's not, like, as detailed like a D1. So every time you come from JUCO to a D1, you have to be prepared for the next level because here nobody waiting for you no yeah that's a that's a really good point and I'm sure well I'm sure for you also and we talk about this a lot with the football players but being at, coming from the JUCO pipeline that does that give you kind of that chip on your shoulder to like say hey I really want to do well I really want to show everybody what I'm I'm fully capable of because I'm competing against some of the best and I'm seeing this guy this guy this guy get D- D1 offers I'm right there with them yeah yeah Pretty sure because everybody going to JUCO, they got different reasons. Sometimes is the guys can be as good as D1 player, but he don't have the grades, right. so he don't have the offers, he don't have the same view. So when you go in JUCO, you got that excitement to go to D1, and when you get there, I tell the guys to not feel like, oh yeah, I already got here because with JUCO play, we have to show that we can play because it's different, it's a completely different level. Everybody on D1 can really hoop. Right. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Hey, John, your story really uh, intrigues me because you come here from Brazil. When did you first get started playing hoops? Uh, my first time was eight years old. I started playing basketball eight years old. Okay. When did you finally realize, like, oh, okay, I, I'm different. Like, I, I can I stand <laughs> out against my peers over here. Uh, I was already a little old. I was 14, 13, 14 when I started, like, 
playing good and start like killing people back home. Yeah. <laughs> what, where'd you uh, get your inspiration from? Kind of grow like you know growing up and playing. Was it coaches out there? The different people you're going up against, or were you were you just throwing on film and, and saying, hey, I want to emulate that. I want to copy what they're doing. Pretty much it was fun because everybody was telling me about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. I never watched basketball before. I don't know. Really? Who it was. Yeah. Wow. So the first time I watched basketball was a Michael Jordan game. And I was like, oh, yeah, nah, for sure I want to play basketball. It was like on YouTube. I went to YouTube to watch it because I want to know what everybody think about him. So I fell in love with the game. Okay. So now now you're just, you just probably watched all the history of the NBA, like on YouTube. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I love to watch everything about NBA. Okay. Okay, I like it. All right, Shamar, I'll, I'll switch it over to you. When did you first pick up a basketball? When did you first start falling in love with the sport? Um, I actually played soccer first up to the age of wow. 10 and then I used to watch my dad play at a recreation center every day and I just fell in love with the game but um you like RJ Barrett (laughs) play a little soccer (laughs) before I like it it's it's a Canadian thing like to play soccer first start house league so pretty cool but then yeah I think um I fell in love with the game probably at the sixth grade when I started to play uh right rep basketball and that's was like 12 13 okay how competitive is the circuit out in Canada um, it's crazy because um, we don't really like look as uh, Canadian basketball competitive. Like we used to come over here and like AU trips to travel over to America, and be like, all right, this is like real basketball because these guys take it serious. I feel like um, Canada's basketball culture has been starting to grow, but like back then when I was there, it was like um, not really taken as serious as it is now. So like we used to take it serious when we come to AAU basketball in America. We we were talking about this off air, but that uh, Canadian internet or that Canadian national team at full strength. I mean that that team could legit compete against anybody in the yeah, in the sure. world. For sure, it's been growing. It's been growing. It's been started from Thailand, it's Andrew Wiggins and all of them. So big shout out to those guys. Do you uh do does any like. It, does anybody from the Canada pipeline like reach out to other fellow Canadians who are playing hoops right now, whether it be college or uh, you know coming up from high school? Do they reach out like pros and stuff like that? Because it seems like it's a, it's a tight knit group of guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know if you know these guys, but he played at Nevada, so like Negus Webster Chan. Um, sure, sure. At? Yeah, I know the name. Elijah. Elijah. Um, he played at Texas and then UNLV, but those guys um, played at the same program as me growing up. So those guys like tend to reach out and be like, yo, look out for it and make sure um, you got everything set for once you're done college. So they do take a good look uh, for you guys and everybody that's been playing in the same AU program, which is called Bounce. Well, I don't know if it's still there now. Okay, I, I like that. But uh, that, that Canada pipeline is great, and it's only getting better. Year after year, you're seeing guys who are, who are getting picked out of the draft or who are playing at high levels in college. Talent's only getting better in Canada right now. Yep, for sure. I'm glad to see it growing. John, we just got to get the Brazil pipeline going. Oh, nah. Brazil has been there. Like, yeah. Uh, in South America, we got a pretty good basketball program. When I used to be there, when it used to be, like, very good. But now it started getting bigger and bigger because a lot of kids in my age, even younger, they start getting a chance to put their name in the draft to go work college. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, like, the past three years, you got, like, two Brazilians that got drafted. That's amazing. Yeah, That's awesome. That was a big thing. Hey, isn't it? We're talking about Brazil. We're talking about Canada. Isn't it amazing how this how this sport has really gone international now to a whole other level? Like, we're seeing the NBA uh, really take new shapes out in, in you know, 
places like India, places like Asia. Like it, it's taken such a global uh, approach right now. It's not just U.S. basketball. It's it's everywhere. Isn't that awesome to see? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hopefully, we're coming for soccer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we flip the script at, at some point. Yeah, I, I get it. Hey, uh, you guys have been awesome. I really appreciate all the time. Thank you so much for stopping by our uh, our studios today. Uh, before I wrap things up, I've got one question for both of you all. Uh, if if you are, are trying to give a message out to the fans out there right now, what should they expect from this UTEP men's basketball program this year? Just knowing what you guys have experienced thus far in a couple weeks of practice, I'll start with you, Shamar. Uh, just know that you guys are going to be watching people that want it really bad. We're going to grit and we're going to fight every night no matter what. So um, just know that we're going to give it our all every night out there. John? Uh, just come support us, man. Y'all going to have fun. This team is a special team. Like Y'all really going to have fun. Come and watch us. That's awesome. I love it. Hey, you guys have been great. Thank you so much again. And uh, we'll be we'll be sure to watch practice. We'll be keeping tabs on you guys. And, hey, I'll see you guys soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. U10 Men's Basketball in the house. We're going to take a timeout right now. Wrap up the show right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Final segment here on Sports Talk today. Special thanks to UTEP men's basketball. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Jonathan Dosanjos and, of course, uh, Shamar Givens joining us in our Lubingo studios talking some uh, UTEP hoops. And then previously before that we had uh, Coach Ben Wallace from the volleyball program talk about their upcoming matchup against Rice. Uh, let's bring on UTEP Zay onto the program, our fall intern, who's joining us here in our Lubingo studios as well. Zay, you got a chance to hear from the, both the volleyball and the basketball programs. Uh, first off with volleyball, I know that you're working on something right now talking some uh, volleyball uh, definitely been undercovered especially on our end uh, here at 600 ESPN El Paso uh, hey uh, Zay you're going to change that you're, you're putting up an article right now talking talking uh, um, volleyball tell me what you like and what you don't like uh, about this volleyball program right now um, there's not much not to like I mean True. Ben Wallace has is, is really done a lot for a program that you know before he got here it was it was basically dead I mean it was consistent five, six win seasons, so he's done a lot for this program. I love it. I love it. And and as far as just building this program, as you put together your article, what have you noticed as far as constructing this team to be what it is right now? Well, for them, you know, they've they've used a little bit of everything. You know, they've gotten D one transfers. They've they've gone the JUCO route, and um, they they've developed their high school players really well. I mean, it's been awesome to see. You know, there's a lot of players on that team who you know they're from El Paso you know they they're playing a big role in that team you know it, it's big it, it's nice to see yeah it is nice to see now when it comes to Rice this weekend they took him to the wire last year realistically do you think they beat Rice in the number 22 team in the country you know when I'm looking at this it's hard to beat UTEP when they're at home and you know, we saw it last year when they went to the NIVC. You know, they they played well, and I think if they have a good crowd behind them, they can feed off the crowd's energy. I think there's a realistic chance that they can do it. I mean, they've done it before in 2017. They beat Rice here when Rice was ranked. So it's happened before, and it can happen again this Saturday. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, t- I totally get what you're saying. I, you're giving them a puncher's chance. I like it. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little UTEP hoops. What did you take away from Shamar and John, who joined us in the studio? Um, it looks like they're both excited for this. I think they both like the city here, and I think um, Shamar is going to be, you know, the senior leader for this team. I think 
Jonathan is he could play kind of like an Alfred Holland's role kind of you know he could shoot the ball well so I'm excited to see both of them in action okay I am too I you know what? I'm with you completely there Zay because uh Shamar is going to be that point guard who's going to try to lead their team uh Jonathan Dos Anjos is going to be the kind of guy who is the stretch for like uh I, I think uh Shamar did not do the enough uh, justice to what a great outside shooter Jonathan really is but he could be that perimeter scorer for them so yeah I'm, I'm just looking forward to watching more UTEP basketball I know they've been practicing uh week after week getting those two guys in studio was awesome to just talk about it. Uh, Zay, your reaction to the news. I, I tweeted something out earlier. I'm sure you saw this. Uh, UTEP, kind of thinking about an NIL pipeline right now, a minor collective, which is a nonprofit that will raise money for NIL deals for men's basketball pr- players. Give me your initial reactions. I'm sure you've got a lot of questions just as like I do. Uh, I have no clue. Everybody's asking me questions in my DMs, but I have no clue about what's going on here. Uh, but what's your initial reaction to this story? I mean, it's it's needed, I guess. You know, nowadays, college athletics, it's it's changed. So it's big for UTEP to get in this NIL game. I think it'll be huge for the minors. You know, like you said, not only recruiting players, but retaining players. So I think that's big for UTEP. I think so, too, because, like, uh, you know, and, and the recruitment side of it gets ugly, right? Because if you're, yeah. if you're telling me, like, hey, UTEP is going after X transfer and they're throwing money at him, well, that's illegal. That's That can't be done. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me something like UTEP's going after this marquee player and, oh, by the way, he so happens to get uh, a $10,000 check uh, by the end of the year through NIL deals, I'm not. I'm not faulting UTEP for that because I, I think what this collective is aiming to do is just level the playing field for UTEP compared to some of these other schools. You you saw it with uh, outside organizations trying to help out schools like New Mexico State even. So why not UTEP? Why can't UTEP capitalize off something like this? Yeah, and um, I think especially just um in this area, I think the NIL um support can be here, right? You can you can get these people who are willing to donate money willing to do stuff like that to help this program succeed. We uh, deal with a lot of local businesses um, all the time here on a radio station. We understand that there are a lot of people who could use some support from UTEP basketball players endorsing their own product or services. So I'm right up your alley there. I think that a lot of uh, people locally could really take advantage of this in a a bigger way. I know this is kind of the more uh, formal NIL deal that we've seen uh, struck down from this UTEP basketball program. So I'm very fascinated by how this will develop uh, in the week's to come you put up stock up stock down let's talk about this really quick zay before we wind up our show uh give us just two give us a stock up stock down that we should look out for in your article on 600 espn el paso.com um you should look at for stock up you should look at gavin hardison i mean he's been really well into this new scheme he's been performing well he's been playing well and um if you were doubting him before not much to do now i mean he's the guy for utep football and um for stock down the two boundary corners struggled but um they do have some stuff to look back on and you know be happy about you know from that game yeah i think so i mean even though elijah johnson got burned a couple times he comes up with a game-saving pick can't say too much bad about him uh great job utep zay great job angel munoz great song selection you you uh delivered uh, in a big way tonight hey uh we're gonna wrap things up here on the show my special thanks again to aj hodgkins of course bernie olivas executive director of the sumble mike price what a surprise guest he was that was awesome stuff uh along with coach ben wallace from utep volleyball shamar givens and jonathan dosanjos who joined us here on Sports Talk. That'll wrap us up. We'll be back in action tomorrow at 4 right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.